0: This episode is brought to you by Brothers & Bonds Co.
1: With an expertly curated line of Masonic apparel, gifts, and accessories, we're excited to show you what makes us uniquely Brothers & Bonds. As a listener of this podcast, we're offering you
2: 10% off your first order with us. Just use code TRAVELINGMAN at checkout. That's uppercase, all one word,
1: T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G-M-A-N. Be sure to find us on Instagram or at brothersandbonds.com. Hello, welcome to episode 31 of The Traveling Man, a sonic podcast here in the 24th District of Ohio. I'm your host, horsepower brother Jim Hall. On today's show, we'll feature most horsepower brother Timothy S. Whelan, Grand Master of Masons in Ohio. The opinions discussed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Okay, we are here on episode 31 and our guest today is Most Worshipful brother Tim Whelan, Grand Master of Masons of Ohio. Good Most afternoon. Warshall. Thank you for coming on here. Appreciate you making the time. So, let's give me a little overview of your... Masonic repertoire. What you know, appendant bodies, what are you a part of? Plural bodies, what do you got? Sure. What do you got under the
2: belt? Yeah, sure. So um I obviously member here at University Lodge. Um we also have uh, you know, um uh, honorary members at a number of different lodges across the across the state. Uh Blendon Lodge, Capital City Lodge, Pleasant Valley, uh Cortland, John W. Durst Lodge out there in Dayton. Okay. Um so um uh, number of lodges out there and you know met a lot of great guys in this uh in this journey uh and then the other appendant bodies uh, there's a lot of them um, okay <laughs> there's a lot hit, hit the of whole gamut I'm i did guessing. it you know okay. um you know when i first joined and like you said we'll we'll talk about the uh, grandmasters class a little bit later but sure um when i came in that day i i joined the blue lodge i joined i joined scottish Rite, and i joined the shrine all on the same day and okay. um sure uh it was a long day and uh yeah i think your guest from the last time mentioned that he did the exact same thing. yes
1: and i i didn't put two and two together i did have the note that you'd both went through the one day and that was the first time thinking oh yeah he did say he He did the the same thing i heard that and i was
2: like oh yeah i remember that day it was a long day it was a long legs were asleep you know it it was it was it was about a 12-hour day but it was a, a wonderful uh journey um but I became uh, very active in the uh, the Scottish Rite. In fact, last year um, I finished my uh, my journey as Thrice Potent Master oh, in the, wow. in the uh, Enoch Lodge Perfection at Valley Columbus. Awesome. So that was a uh, uh, that was certainly a journey, and uh, I had started that uh, line before I was asked to join the Grand Lodge line. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> okay. when that yeah. happened, that was part of the decision factor of where was I at. Um, and how would that impact my grandmaster's year? Sure. And yeah, um, yeah. I um, did the math and added it <laughs> up. And I'm like, okay, I will be done being Thrice Potent Master at a, um, right Deputy <laughs> Grandmaster year. Yeah. That probably works okay. Yeah. Uh, and just like anything, um, you're not really ever done. So. No, <laughs> no, never. But never. I, I was out of that role, so um, so that was good. But, yeah, there's Valley of Columbus. I'm a member of Aladdin Shrine. Okay. Uh community chapter uh, number 227 Westgate Council number 129. Uh we've got Columbus Commandery number 69. Okay. Uh let's see. Allied Masonic Degrees, the Andrew J White Jr. Council 245 or the Red Cross of Constantine and um Akbar Grotto. Um and there might even be some some, some other ones. Some there might be some other lingers. ones too that and I, and I apologize if I left any off, yeah, but yeah. um there there's pretty good uh a pretty good uh, suite of those uh, <laughs> bodies that I'm, I'm a member of. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not, uh, other than Scottish right. I'm not extremely active at this time. Sure, because, well, you got you know, a little there, something else going know, on. The last eight years have been a little bit a little <laughs> yeah. Bit crazy. Yeah, um, and
1: I, th- I think it's cool that even with the Grand Line, because it would have been a really easy to say, well, you know what, guys, Scottish Rite, I, I have this opportunity, I need to take a step back. But I think it's really cool because there's a lot of guys that, you know, hey, I'm just a Blue Lodge guy, or hey, I'm a Shrine guy, or I'm. I like that you, you know,
2: bipartisanship. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Not well, to get into politics, yeah. But you do that, and yeah. some people don't. So it's cool to get into that.
2: Yeah, no, it, it was definitely something that was important to me. I did uh, give a commitment um, to Scottish right when I said I'd take that line, and sure. um, I, I intended to uh, uh, to do that, however I could. And there were some discussions with um, the current. Uh, leadership at the time you know that was eight years ago seven years ago when that was going on Um, and there was some good discussion on you know what's the best way for me to to move forward with all this and um, you know I got to say the the uh, uh, past thrice potent masters that were in front of me um, and the guys behind me said oh no, we want to have a grandmaster in our line. Oh yeah. And so <laughs> you're, you're, you staying. Know, you're staying and we're going to do whatever we need to do to help yeah. you and make, make sure that you accomplish everything that you want to do. And so, you know, that was, you know, tremendously, um, I'm tremendously thankful for that. Cause that was, sure. you know, um, and of course that's, that's what the brotherhood's all about, right? Everybody's yes. here to help no yes. matter what we do. Um, so that, that was, uh, that, that was a good experience that, you know, that that was a lot of good, good times there. And, and, and we've done some things, you know, we've, in Scottish Rite, we've um, started to look at, um, at least in the Valley of Columbus, uh, you know, years ago it was always you needed to be a ritualist and you needed to be a leader, and
0: yeah, and that's,
2: and that is and over time, you know, maybe back when there were two hundred twenty-five thousand masons in Ohio, <laughs> you had the ability to find those guys that were both. Yeah. And, you know, we have really, really good ritualists and we have some really good leaders. And then sometimes they're not, they're the not one guy. in the same. No, yeah. they're not one in the same. Yeah. And so, sure. you know, you really um, you really need to think about, you know, what is best for the organization. And, yes. you know, when we're bringing in new men, you want them to see the best ritual you possibly can. Sure. When you're trying to manage the organization and you're trying to deal with membership and numbers and all of the things that go with um the ongoing administration of an organization. Yeah, yeah. You want to have your best guys there too. Sure. And so, um, over the years, um, right worship brother, Abby Brewer has, um, the active here in, in for the Valley of Columbus okay. has, you know, said, you know, we need to have the best people in the right roles. Yes. And so, and so we did that and that's worked out really well. Uh, other valleys uh, manage it a little bit different, but it seems to be working well for the Valley of Columbus and that's, certainly uh works for me you yeah know, we gotta we gotta make it work that's it that's it well and and to hop back just a second i want to
1: thank you because you are our first current ohio grandmaster current sitting grandmaster we did have most worst brother reigns and most worst brother charlie murphy talking about royal schofield and most worship brother charles ward who is current grandmaster of alaska I did not do that in person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the boss, my financier, said no, we could yeah, not yeah. afford it. <laughs> <That, that, laughs> I, I would have liked to heard that
2: conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, th- those are some uh, some really great guys, and I had the opportunity to meet and, and briefly talk with uh, uh, Most Worship Brother Ward at, uh, of Alaska uh, at the last conference of Grand Masters yes. a couple months ago. So I, I met with him and you know shook his hand and we talked for a few minutes. So um,
1: it, it was wild talking with him and seeing the differences. You know, and especially because I you could see in in sort of the district role, mat as district education officer. Now, I'm starting to see a little bit of the behind the scenes that, you know, your normal Blue Lodge line guy doesn't see every day. Right. And, you know, in more interaction with Grand Line and whatnot. And then to see how their grand line works and they have four guys and, you know, it's like, wow, you know, we're all the same, but we're all a little bit different. That's right. And, you
2: know, at the conference of grandmasters, you know, I got an opportunity to meet with um, a number of the different jurisdictions and some large, some small. And, you know, I, I think about Wyoming and I think about Alaska and I think, you know, great expanses of, of space. Yeah. Oh my God. And, but the jurisdiction size is smaller and, and. You know, there's pros and cons to uh, smaller jurisdictions and larger jurisdictions. Obviously, it's great to have a lot more members. Sure. The downside is, is you have a lot more members. You know, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? What How do you, you do? get them involved? You know, How do you keep them in, in you know the middle? You, right. And when you think about lodges and you're thinking about suspension, non-payment of dues, and those kind of things, and thinking about calling members, you know, if you think about a smaller jurisdiction, well one or two guys in an office could probably hammer call every out. hammer that out in a couple of days of every single person that's suspended yeah you know you try that here in ohio a, a couple <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's you're a gonna lot be, of calls and you're gonna be a while yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so no i uh, uh i am glad to be the first um first on your show as a sure. sitting grandmaster and you. as you know i'm a huge advocate of uh integrating technology into our fraternity yes um and i'm always looking for new ways to communicate with our brethren and um, and how to get the message out. And I think this is, you know, when you you presented this opportunity to me, I know we've been trying to work it out the last couple of months and it's been great that I'm I'm glad we were able to pull it off.
1: Absolutely. So one thing I try to ask everybody here is how did you come to Freemasonry? And there's so many different answers. Some people like history, some people have family history. Where was that link? What brought you?
2: Yeah, sure. So, uh, on, from my side of the family, there wasn't really a strong Masonic link, at least that I knew of at the time. Okay. And, um, but my uh, father-in-law, Clyde Joe Bourne, uh, po- pointed me to the lodge door. Okay. Um, we were playing golf one day, and he had mentioned that he wanted to play golf at York Golf Club in Columbus with me during his next visit to Columbus. All right. And I'm like, man, that's great. You know, Yeah. I, I wasn't in. very good at golf back then, and uh, but I like to play, and yeah. he's always fun, and you have some beverages, and you, you yeah, have a good time on the, the course. Yeah, enjoy yeah. And then I said, but Joe, how, how are we going to play on that private course? You know, we're, we're not yeah, members. Yeah, we're not members. And uh, – he mentioned that he was a mason, and the lodge he belonged to, which was University Lodge, was a partial owner owner of that golf course. Oh, and I said, oh, okay. All right. Perked my yeah, ears up. Perked my ears up a little bit. I'm great. I'm going to get to play golf. You know, I, I drove by the golf course a uh, thousand times. You know, I live up here on the north end where the golf course is. And sure. And you get on 270, you head west, and you're getting off on 315. You look down over to your right, you see this beautiful golf hole. that's there down is. there by the river. And say, I always wanted to play that golf course. I wonder how I'd ever get on there. Yeah, yeah. And um, – so uh, a couple of golf holes later, and a couple of uh, a couple of beers later, okay. um, I, I looked at him and I said, uh, "Hey, Joe, you know what's a Mason and and how do you become one?" Yeah, the the magic words. The magic words, okay. and his eyes lit up, and he started talking, and right. he kept talking and talking. <laughs> yeah, and, that happens. Um, and that happens, and that is, uh, you know, pretty much from then on, that was that was where that was history, and sure he. Uh, he said that he would get me into the lodge. He'd find the second line signer, and uh, and he did. And shortly thereafter, he called me and he said, "Timmy, he said there's a <laughs> there's a grandmaster's class one day class coming that you could get into." And I said, "Okay." And you know, as a non-member, and this is the other thing that I always try to tell people about the traditional versus you know grandmaster one day class sure. guys is we're very quiet in our organization. We don't tell them a whole lot about the whole process. We don't right. publicize the initiation process or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, we prefer people not to know about it because there's things that go on that you want people to be surprised yeah, at. Yeah, absolutely. Well, most of the guys that come in, they don't know anything. So they don't even know that there's a difference between one way or yeah. another. Oh yeah. And so, um, I said, sure, let's do it. And, uh, so, uh, I went in and as I said earlier I that was it. I, I did the class and I started showing up at Lodge and here I am. So the golf
1: and a few beverages maybe brought you to Masonry. York Golf Course, am I right? Yep. All right. What kept you coming? And you you mentioned a little bit about those guys right off the bat. Yep. Was that was it a fellowship thing? Was it a knowledge? Was it a Hey, you know what this is really Somewhere that I can take my skills and hone them and place them in lodge and really go buck wild. What what brought it, you back?
2: Um, so what really brought me back was um, the fellowship. Okay. Um, I'm a social guy. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I am a social guy. Sure. Um, I enjoy the fellowship, and I truly enjoy being around like-minded men. Absolutely. And. Um, Obviously, being involved in the community and helping out with our charities—that's all important as well. Sure. Um, but really, the fellowship and the social aspect of the fraternity is is what I truly enjoy, and um, and I found that here. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. I, I think one of the big things, and you know, <laughs> inevitably somebody's going to hear this and be like, "Oh, he doesn't like ritual," you know. And that's that's not it because I'm right. the same way. I love. I love going to lodge, and when I leave that lodge, wherever it may be, whether last night I was at Perry Lodge in an inspection or my own home lodge, when I leave there, it's like I'm supercharged to go out into the world for whatever that is. And there's so many things in the world that are not necessarily good going on, and I don't want to get into whatever climates of whatever. But, you know, social life, politic life, everything. There's a lot of bad and a lot of bad publicity. This is the good,
2: right? This, this is that's right. This is the good yeah. side of it. And, and you know, and, and going back to ritual, um, I don't dislike ritual. No, I was I, I was just, just, I was I, just picking but, something yeah, out, right? No, yeah. but but I you know I enjoy it. I've gone through it. Sure, um, you sure. know that was one of the things where again I was blessed by the the members of university lodges as I was coming up. Um, as I was coming back, right. Um, uh, worshipful brother, Chris Combs, uh, okay. took an interest in me. He was going into the East that year. Yeah. And after we, you know, that was in April when I came in, we came back from being dark that summer. And, um, he said, Hey, you're back. It's great to see you. And, uh, he said, how about, uh, you and I go out to, uh, let's start going out to lunch and ma- maybe you could learn the, uh, uh, entered apprentice obligation. Would you like to try to learn a little yeah. piece of the ritual? And I'm like, sure. So, why not? I, I know young guys like, just nod your head yeah. like, Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Sounds I don't good. know you what know, I'm getting uh, into. Let's try it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and I had what was interesting is when I had come back, there were like two or three Master Masons that they were doing in Lodge. So I got to see the Master Mason degree three oh, times in a row yeah. before we went back to being dark. Okay. Or before we went to go in dark. And so yeah, yeah. um so I came back in and um and and he said, Um, you know, let let's go to lunch. And so a couple weeks uh to go to lunch with him a couple times a week we were going through the uh entered apprentice obligation yeah and uh he said hey you got it you know you got it down he said you ready to give in front of lodge and i said no yeah yeah. and he said why not and i said well it took us a couple weeks to do the obligation let's do the whole proficiency all right and i like that he smiled and he said let's go yeah and so um we spent another couple weeks we learned the rest of the proficiency and when, when I had it, I stood up in front of a lodge and I gave it and then we moved awesome. on to the fellow craft proficiency and then we did the master Mason. Yeah providence. and that's great. Uh, so it was, it was it was really good. Um, my father-in-law actually had come up uh, to visit us and um, he didn't know it but when he when I knew he was coming, I made sure that I was able to do the master Mason um, by the time cool. he got here. And when he got here, I told him to make sure to bring a jacket because, by God, he got me in the lodge. He's certainly going to go and see me in lodge one time while he's here. Yes, And that's uh, great. And so uh, he was okay. And, and, you know, and it's just like, you know, we have a lot of snowbirds that live in Florida that haven't been active in lodge. And, sure. and before we left the house, he's like, Timmy. Said, <laughs> I don't know what said, to do. <laughs> he said, "You got you to remind me. What, you know, yes. what are they going to ask me? What are the, you know, how they're going to test me? You know, because sure. he was from that generation." And so I, I took him into one of the side bedrooms, and we went through it all. And yeah, um, yeah. And I said, "Probably they're not. They're probably not going to ask you too much anyway. No, but in no. case they do, this is the basics." And um, so he, we, we came to lodge that night, and uh, uh, we were sitting over on the sidelines, and our brother Combs asked for me to be escorted west of the altar and he looked at me like what's going on you know yeah and i, and I just yeah. looked at him and said this one's for you man and oh uh, man That's and i awesome. stand up and i did the uh, master mason proficiency form and uh you know it, it was really cool because it was also really cool because worship brother combs was in the east and he was doing the proficiency yes. from the east to me in the west That's and so cool. so that was really cool and um so you know i did that and you know i didn't think too much more of it and but just like in Lodge, the next thing I know, I'm sitting in a chair. Well, <laughs> you know, and, and
1: that's the sort of thing. And we're going to – we kind of talked a little bit about this point. So right into the officer a little bit. I know, you know, it, it was the, you know, hey, you want to sit in this chair tonight? You know, somebody wasn't there. Whatever it is, it was the steward chair. It's like there's no lines. You get to wear a jewel and an apron. And I, you know, oh, yeah, this looks pretty snazzy. Look yeah. look at me. <laughs> and, and, and before you know it, you know it's – Junior deacon, and I'm like, well, that's a couple lines. Senior, senior deacon, you can do it. You mm-hmm. know, it's a little more, but, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, I'm master. When, when did this happen? Right, right. So, how how did you, how did that happen? How quickly were you in the chairs? Was it something that, after getting through that, was like, you know what, I kind of like a little bit of this. I want more.
2: I, I liked it. I wanted to learn more of the ritual again. Like I said, ritual is okay with me. It's just not my key driving force here. Sure, and, sure. Um, but I sat in all the chairs. I, um, did the charges. I did the, did the rituals for all the chairs and yeah. eventually I did all the lectures. And so, um, that, that was pretty much that next year that, that after awesome. I had done all the proficiency work and everything. And then, um, uh, I was sitting in the, in one of the stewards chairs and, you know, one of the things that, you know, when we talk about going through those chairs, um, one of the things that members of the lodge and lodges in general need to keep in mind is when you're appointing that person into the steward's chair, you're not appointing a steward.
1: Oh, my God. You, i said this to our master this you, year. Yeah. Yes. You
2: need to be thinking that that is your next master. You're appointing the master. Where is he you? You are appointing you? potentially your next DEO or your next deputy. Yes. And you might be appointing the next grand master. Yeah. And, you know, no sure. way back in 2005 yeah. and six. back then, <laughs> right, right. did anybody think, you know, hey, this guy, this is the guy, this is to ste- be get the guy, in. right? I mean, no one's thinking that. You <laughs> sure, know? sure. And um, so, um, you got to think of that. You know, you really, you don't want to just worry about what the stewards' roles are, and that guy yeah. would be good for the stewards' roles because – in in a perfect world, he's going to be moving on from that into these other positions. And sure. can he handle that junior deacon role? Can he handle you know the senior deacon role? Se- senior deacon role, which is you know, might be in some of the degree work, the second most important role there yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, sure. I mean, he he's it. And um, so, he, lodges really need to keep that in mind. And yes, you know, the the other part of that is is you know sometimes you put people in chairs and you find out they're not the right people. Yeah. And you know, that's a hard situation to deal with. Then you got to But it's something you should deal with because I can't tell you how many times I heard as I was going up through the leadership that hey, you know, our senior warden isn't going to be a good master or you sure. know, what can we do? And I'm like, well, you should have been thinking <laughs> yeah. about this 5 elections ago. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? I mean, right, you know right. the, there were times where you know, it's, it's kind of late in the process to deal with it. Now people, the sooner you ad- address the problem, the sooner it will be yes. resolved. But yes. Yes, um yes, yes. you know, that, that's a real, that's a real dilemma for, for lodges. And, and again, it goes back to, am I putting the right guy in the chair? Exactly. And don't think of him as just the steward because no, he, he can grow up to be something completely different. Yes. That's we've
1: talked and myself and worship brother, Wade bear our treasurer for Palestine uh 417 yo <laughs> <laughs> uh we kind of do the long range planning and we we sat down with the master and two wardens and that was the talk was listen and and we've been blessed to have a really strong line of go-getters and you know we've just had a good line yep and and part of that is you know I think we got the knack a little bit of who we're putting where in the beginning it was We had a few good guys that happened to slide in right at the right time and really got Mm -hmm. the ball rolling. But that talk was with Barry is we are one or two appointments away from sliding right Right. off the face of the earth. And it's not – I'm not trashing any guys that have came in and not went all the way. That happens and whatever. But when you get a senior warden that is stepping out instead of stepping up – now your whole lodge is in turmoil because right. now, now a, you know, a junior warden who's planning his year two years from now, okay, can you step up? Right.
2: <laughs> and that, you know, that's a very, that's a big, well, and that leap. actually impacted me along my line. Okay. Uh, I, I had gotten to the senior deacon seat. I only sat in the senior deacon seat for, I don't know, one or two weeks, one or two meetings and, uh, the, uh, senior, senior warden dropped out. Wow. And, okay. And the decision was, do you slot somebody else in or do you rotate up? Sure. And everyone had a talk and the decision was, we're all going to rotate moving up. Moving
1: up. Okay.
2: And so, um, you know, g- good and bad, right? I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So now I'm going to be junior warden. So I, I moved up to the junior warden seat, which by the way is my favorite seat in the whole lodge room. Cause
1: yeah, you get to I enjoy do, get everyone to, else. To, right, I get to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but, uh, yeah, so I moved up the junior warden seat. and um, But what that did for my year as master moved me from the entered apprentice degree to the Master Mason degree. Oh, my. And so, you know, yeah. we here at university are, we'll just say our upcoming masters are in training all the time. Yeah. And so yeah. once we... Uh, Usually, once we get done with our uh, annual inspection, then there's a series of move-up nights. Yes. And so, you know, if we've got an if we got an EA degree that's got to be done, whoever, whatever master is behind them, eh, they're going to be the one doing the EA. You try to move them up and you know force that issue and and prep them and get them going. And so, when you're doing that and you're starting to do that flow. Then all of a sudden you go from EA to hey by the way you're gonna do yeah you're gonna do Master Mason a couple it was more like, moving parts in you, that you know my my lecture stuff came to a screeching halt because there's a little bit bigger part and yeah. role that you got to do in the Master Mason degree so sure. um, so I did it I got through it um, okay you know it, it was good Um I, I still remember uh, our when I was worshipful Master that year the. Uh, um, you know, we're going through all these practices and we're doing practices and it was, it was kind of rough, you know, it was getting rough. Yeah. And, uh, and we got down and we're at this last little bit and, and I'm just kind of struggling with the part, you know, everything okay. was going smooth up to then, but I'm a, um, uh, when I do ritual and when I'm learning it, um, unfortunately the only way I've done it is you start on the first sentence and you, start, boom, boom, and you boom, start and you start, you know, you do the three words and then you do the four words <laughs> yeah. and then you do the five words. Yeah. And, and, and I have a punishment for myself that if I mess up, I start back at the beginning. Okay. So, you know, that's the punishment. So, you know, if you're three or four pages in and you mess it up, you start back at yeah. the beginning. Okay. And so, um, that's how I, that's how I've always done and taught myself ritual. And, uh, the, uh, uh last part of the, the master Mason degree was just getting rough. And, um, and I know the lodge was like, uh "Oh, we're going to be in trouble for inspection." Yeah, this here we it. go. And uh, we pulled the inspection off, and we're there at the end, and it it was almost flawless. Yeah. And you know, in the end, uh, it was funny because some of the lodge officers were looking around, going. Who was that guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where did he come from? Yeah. You, know? Right, um, right. you know, just a week ago we were not there, so uh, that was good. We ended up getting the uh, in the district the best master mason degree of, the, of that for that year, wow. and awesome. so that was that was a really great you know uh, experience to say that no, if you what is it time, patience, and perseverance, all things, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes, it, it works. So, um, but you know, one of the things you know when when you go into a lodge room, you were talking about, and you and you leave, and you're leaving your lodge room, and you're like, okay, here we go, now I'm re-energized. Yeah. I have a slightly different take on it. Um, okay. The first time I went into a lodge, the first time I went into the lodge room and experienced a meeting, I felt very much at peace and okay. calm yeah. and safe. That's, sure. That was what I felt when I sat down in that room and I looked around and the doors were shut and there were just guys in the room. Yes. And I just said, man, this is just so peaceful and calm. And you know, I, I work in a corporate environment, it's running around all day. It's just nice to sit and be quiet and you know yeah. and meditate and reflect and everything else that you're doing in there. Um and I just remember how peaceful that was. Um and and I still get it today when I'm when I'm sitting in lodge. I, oh yeah. you know, even if it's an inspection going on, I'm still thinking, you know, it's orderly, it's calm. Yeah. Um usually, usually, well, <laughs> usually. Yeah, there's there's some bumps in the road yeah. that happens. Um, but um but when I leave a lodge room, I usually take a deep breath and tell myself, "Okay, it's time to go back to the real world." Because I know, to... I know it's crazy. You know, everything's crazy. Yes, yes. And um, so I, I take a deep breath right before I hit that exit bar on the door to <laughs> step outside, <laughs> and then, then I'm outside and the air hits me, and I'm like, "Here we go."
1: Yeah, I, I think when I, when I say energized, it's sort of like when I leave. I'm riding that lightning as far as I can right to the next lodge meeting is like not to uh, need my fix. <laughs> okay. We get back and all right, I'm good. And right. I'll go back and work through everything else. So you run up uh, through your chairs at university. How did that prepare you for now? Because it, you know, it's, it's like building a building and if the base is bad, Right, the roof isn't good either. Right, so so what part of that, and maybe part of that, you know, jump from senior deacon to junior warden is one of that, you know, confidence things now of like I can handle this. You know, we went through that, right. and well, so,
2: that was also one of those things that is like always have plan B, always be ready. You don't know what's coming up around sure. that corner. Absolutely. You know, um, you know that's one of the things that I advocate for as Grand Master, which is. You know, having plan A's, plan B's, and sometimes plan C's and D's because, you know, especially in the world of COVID that we lived in, anybody thought that we were going to have all of this? You know, I mean, you have to have backup plans in place and be ready for the unexpected. And that was one of the things that I, you know, was a slap in the face in Lodge, which is be be ready. I remember one time I was a a deputy and I came into a lodge and the master was sick. The senior warden wasn't there and the junior warden was there. And there you go. um, you know, he. Uh, some of the past masters were poking him, and saying, "Hey, you got to be master. You got to be master." And they were all joking on the side, and that, "Oh no, we'll, um, you know, we'll we'll just sit in and, and make it happen. Yeah, we're yeah. just giving him a hard time." Well, he wasn't there at dinner. He was off in a room, and when we oh, got ready to do lodge, okay. he said, "It's my it. it's my responsibility I to take it. it on." And he took it on, and that's so huge. you know that, and that that's a story that I tell people is, you know, even as junior warden, guys, once you're junior warden.
1: You're voting. You're, you're in, man. You're,
2: you know, if somebody's not, if those two guys ahead of you aren't in, it's your responsibility. Yes, a past master might sit in and, and help you out, but you're yeah. it. You're really it. It's your responsibility. You should be ready. You should, you at any point in time, need to be ready for two seats ahead of you at any yes. point. Yes.
1: Ben Barnes, he's our junior <laughs> warden in Palestine. You be ready. <laughs> two
2: seats. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really learned a lot from the guys that preceded me. Okay. Um, both good and the bad. Um, yeah, you know, um, I learned that communication was really needed. Planning an organization was a key to sure. having a successful year. Um, you know, when I say good and bad, one of the things that I've learned in the corporate world is I've learned many, much more. I've learned much more from bad managers than I ever did from good managers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the good managers, they're easy. Yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I would yeah, do. That's a
1: great idea. Good. Yeah. Thumbs up.
2: Bad managers. I make notes, I write, <laughs> I pay attention. Yeah. I will never do that. Yes. I will never be like that guy, like that gal. That is not how I would have handled the situation. Sure. And sure. so um um so you know th- like we were saying earlier about you know, Lodge leadership it ebbs and flows, you know. Right. Sometimes you have stronger, sometimes you um y- you don't. And you know, as long as uh you don't have that slide um then Um, as long as you don't have that slide year after year, after year, then, um, your lodge will recover. But, you know, a couple of years of sliding, it's hard to come back.
1: Yeah. You start tail spinning, and
2: it's hard to come back. Yeah. Um, but I also remember I was senior warden and one of the past district deputies came up and, uh, he was talking to me about his year as master and, you know, the things that he did. And he said, Hey, you know, I have a planning calendar do you have a planning calendar put together? And I was like, I know I got to put one together, but I just haven't done so yet. And he said, well, let me, I'll send you one through email. And he did. And I liked the way it looked out, I adopted it. And that kind of really got me thinking about, you know, the planning and organization that it takes to be master. Sure. And um, it also is eye opening when you start to put things down on paper, Mm -hmm. electronic or paper, whatever, however you're going to do it. Yeah. When you start filling that calendar up and you start putting those dates down and those events down, and then you, if you're really into planning, kind of like I am, you start to back up from those dates and now you start putting in planning dates for those events, and all of a sudden your calendar's full. Yes. And, um, you know, when uh, when I got into the Grand Lodge line, I remember them uh, past uh, Grandmasters say, protect your calendar, protect your calendar. I said, it's going to get busy, it's going to get full quick. And they said, you know, it's going to fill up. You're, you know, your Grandmaster, your whole, uh, calendar will fill up a year in advance. And I, I chuckled at him. I laughed at yeah, him. Yeah. Nobody's calendar <laughs> fills up a year in advance. Sure.
1: And it my did. calendar
2: was filled up a year in <laughs> advance years ago. You yes. know I mean? Yeah. it's just, you know, every, a free moment is spoken for. And, um, so, you know, planning an organization is, is just, is so key sure, and, uh, sure. that, that, that can make a breaker year. If you, if you're not, if you're not planning, you're not ready for it. Um, you're going to have, uh, you're gonna have some issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, some of the planning, and you talk about your calendar. The thing that's crazy, and at one point, Jess had shot me his calendar when he was deputy grandmaster, and it was just red ink, red ink, red. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Right. You know, and I'm, but you talk about protect your calendar and it's going to fill up. Well, talking with uh, worst brother Tim Klein, and we had met each other up at the, not met each other. We'd seen each other at Brotherhood Night up at Forest City. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, that's something that we have the Grandmaster do every year. We try- so it's not even a, okay, well, maybe I'll go to Palestine here and then I'll go to Alpha here. It's like, well, there's so many things that are kind of like required almost. Oh, oh, they're, you know? they're
2: set. And not only are they required, but they're pretty much – those weekends are already booked. Yeah. You know that that weekend is going to be Forest City Lodge. Yeah, you know That doesn't really move around. Sure. And so when you – as grandmaster and deputy grandmaster. I mean, those things lock in place.
1: Yeah. It's not even me just picking everything. It's like, no, what I,
2: what I feel like doing next year. No, I mean, presets already. (laughs) I mean, probably half the stuff, you know, by the time you figure out your reception schedule and everything, those things are predetermined. I mean, receptions can switch a couple weekends here and there, but they're going to happen. But you know what we know from, from January, every Friday and Saturday night from January to June, we're going to be somewhere in Ohio. I mean, Yes, we may not know exactly where, but we know that every yeah. weekend we're somewhere. So, yeah. um, so no, there's no Friday and Saturday nights open for <laughs> in, you know until summer. It's just that's right. just what happens. I,
1: I know guarding the calendar. So I was out here waiting to come in, and last night I was at Perry for inspection. Obviously, I came down here today. Saturday I have an inspection, and my Leo called me, and he's like, "Hey, I had a dinner party planned. Things got a little dicey, and we had to cancel." He's like, I got a reservation for four for Texas Day Brazil. It's a steakhouse. He's like, you in? And I'm like, let me look. I'm like, well, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, I'm going to sit this one out because we got to keep everybody happy. you know. And this is not Texas Day Brazil, although I love with my whole heart.
2: Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah.
1: But we're going to have to sit it yeah. out. So exactly. Yeah. So moving on your yeah. district. Sure. Did you serve as DEO or did you go directly to district? Secretary?
2: I Yeah, I, I was never a, a DEO. Um, I went from what, what's funny is I, I went from being master of the lodge. Um, when I was done that, I thought I was just going to be sitting on the sidelines and enjoying lodge. Yeah, That's just, that was, you know, I was done. I had Deep breath put in my and, time, Yeah, you I know, I'm ready to help the incoming masters and help my lodge however I can. Um, But I was asked to serve in the 14th district and, I got to say that I do blame my wife, Kim, for that. Oh, it was, okay. It's, that it's all on her.
1: That's not normally the case? Yeah, yeah I'm going to blame her for it. Okay, um, I like it.
2: Um, we were at an event. Um, it was right when I was winding down the last part of my year as master. And, yeah. Um, a group of district officers came up to me, and they, they circled me. Okay. And they um, they surrounded me and, and asked me what my uh, my in, if I had any interest in joining the district officer line. Okay. And... Um, I wanted to buy some time. You know, I wanted to think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
2: so I told them that I'd need to talk it over with Kim and see what she thought. Sure. That's a good, good out. Yeah, You know, yeah. I, got, I bought me some time. Yeah, yeah. Well, they immediately went over to Kim and surrounded her. <laughs> okay. Um, next thing I know, she's surrounded. And they say, we think Tim would make a good district officer. And she immediately replies, yeah, so do I. Wow, all right. That's how brie yeah. This is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. You just say yes, yeah. and so I just. And so I was like, "Well, so much for my ability to get out of it, right?" Yeah. I mean, now it's I'm, just, in. I'm in. I mean, you know, right. it, it was it was great. It was a great opportunity. They were great guys. uh Only half joking about possibly wanting to get out of it, but oh, <laughs> only yeah. half joking. Sure, sure. <laughs> right. But there's the other half. <laughs> right, right, right. But no, it was it was great. I'm, you know. um, I did a speech a while back and it was about, uh, one day. And obviously there's multiple meanings of one day in our world. You know, there's one day classes and things like that. But, um, my speech talked about that one day and how one day and one event can change your life. Oh my God. I mean that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I look back to that event, you know, I, I, rewind, I'm like, if, Worshipful brother Chris Combs doesn't take an interest in me and and teach me the proficiencies and and work me through the lodge and do that and then eventually put me in a chair, then I'm not here today. Yeah. You know, I look at that event. If I don't go to that event, if sure. I tell them no, that I don't want to be a district officer, Yeah, you know, this doesn't happen today. Right. You know, there are checkpoints throughout my entire journey where five minutes either way and it's a whole different story. I'm trajectory. doing something different. We're yes. not we're not sitting here talking, yes. you know. We 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 have talked about in the past, you know, how Freemasonry brings people together that may not have ever met. Bingo. You know, this is this is it. That's it. You know, yes. and each one of those checkpoints along the way determines where you're going to be. And yes, that was it. one of them. And I look back and I said if that if if we don't go to that one thing, I don't know that any of this happens. Yeah. And um so that that's that's kind of uh that's kind of what happened to me after being a master. Yeah.
1: I uh, I love, I love that your wife's on board that so many significant others that, you know, your master year, it's a lot. And especially if you're active, I know my year I was active and the goal was, Hey, I want to go to every, I want to go to everything. We went to Indiana, we went all over. And at the end, she's like, all right, we're done. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, we're done. And then I came back and I'm like, I'm District first vice president. She's like, we're not done. <laughs> you know. But 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 the great thing is to have that support system because if you don't, you know, then you're constantly fighting against the grain, right? And, and you know that rub will not get smaller.
2: Yeah. Well, I I can certainly tell you that you know, in Freemasonry we always talk about making good men better and and improving man and yes. working on our ashler and doing all that other kind of stuff. Sure. Um, I would say that my wife has improved in her life just as much as I have in mind for my being in this organization. She used to be very quiet very shy okay um, didn't necessarily enjoy or want to meet new people okay um, you know she just you know when we would go to events I'm the social guy I'm the social butterfly I'm gonna fly yeah. around the room I'm gonna meet people I'm gonna right. shake their hand I'm, we're gonna talk. And without a doubt, every time on the way home, whether it be in the corporate world or Masonic world, yeah. I would get the um, "You left me standing there alone." Oh yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you know, that, you went off with showed. all your people meeting, and I, I didn't know anybody, and all this. And there was uh, a 14th district event, and it was organized by the ladies, and it was for all the ladies of the 14th district, and okay. and we were certainly blessed that she went to that one event. Yeah. Because at that event, she met the other 14th district ladies, and it was some kind of purse thing or something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, guys weren't allowed to be there. It wasn't part of our thing. I it was just that, that it really was just idea. the ladies, and um, ever since that event, I'm now at these events going, "Where's Kim? Yeah, <laughs> she just le- she just left me standing there." Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love that, and that's that's part of the thing that. Palestine is trying to get to one of the things we've we were looking at and self ascertaining is we are not doing enough to include our better Mm half. The Christmas party and installation is not enough for them to come and say, you know what? I enjoy being here with them. I understand why they want to be here all the time. So that that's a work in progress. And that is a little tidbit I'm going to take back and say, hey, all ladies night not us.
2: All ladies not you know what if a few of the ladies take on like a district ladies leadership role and can arrange for those things those ladies can go out and have some fun. Yeah. And you know and they don't they're not under all the restrictions like we are. So yeah, they, they they can, can do whatever know. they want. Right? <laughs> right. Right.
1: <laughs> so obviously these guys came up and asked you a little bit at this um function when did you get the actual nod and were you Obviously, they kind of teased a little bit. Was that something you ever thought in your head after you were master? Like, you know, "Eh, that would be kind of cool to wear one of those aprons. Or was it a, "Eh, eh," you know, I find a lot guys that are really active are like active guys want to do the next thing because they're active and excited. But a lot of guys are like, well, I never thought if you would ask me when I was going through the chairs. Would you be a district officer? I'd be like, nah, they're never gonna uh, look at me. I'm a mess. <laughs> like, what am <laughs> I gonna do? And yeah. here I am as the. So, what were your thoughts there? And who asked you? Yeah, um, yeah.
2: It, it actually, it was done that night. It was done and sealed as soon as Kim said yes. I was in. That was it. That was oh, it. I was done. Was... It was. It was. It was that quick. Okay. And uh, I said okay. Um, so so we rolled. Um, never never even thought about it you know i really was i'm done being master i'm gonna sit on the sideline yeah i'm sure kim wanted to take a deep breath too and just sit (laughs) on the sideline and do nothing but like i said i blame her she was the first one she's like yeah so why you're in you know it's like (laughs) okay well then we then then the journey continues on and um so it's been great but yeah it's her fault (laughs)
1: okay because (laughs) because normally you get a a guy or you know you're DA or somebody that is maybe the you know the third year deputy says hey you know what do you think of this Oh are you setup? talking
2: about for deputy or are you talking about for district officer For deputy All oh, for deputy I'm sorry I was in the for district time. officer line at that point I hadn't gotten to deputy yet oh
1: oh i'm sorry <laughs> well, we're, we're all jumping around here yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. all right okay so here we go oh, okay yeah. so, so deputy, that deputy. Def- dep- that's a much more memorable experience so
1: I, w- I was gonna say wow that's really i wasn't judging yeah <laughs> you know? no I,
2: I was thinking when i was going to the district line there like i said there was a group of them that all surrounded us um but no um no deputy oh that was uh to be asked to be deputy uh the word surprise is probably a, an understatement. Okay. Um, you know, it, it was kind of crazy uh, because I never looked for or asked for any kind of leadership position. Yeah. Didn't even yeah. cross my mind. Um, I was just going to do the best job I can at doing whatever I can. And then, like I said, I was going to sit on the sideline and just be quiet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought I was going to finish as a master and, and sit on the sidelines. Um, and then my, my, who is now my Masonic father, Most Worship Brother Steve Kokenauer, um, is the one that asked me to serve um, as deputy. Um, but I hope that nobody holds that against me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, great guy. He's just a great guy. Um, I do remember that conversation very well. Um, and I was just floored, stunned, amazed, and humbled um, at, at all at the same time for being asked to be a deputy. It was it was. Never in my wildest dream that I ever thought I would be there. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: That's it. I, you know what? For anyone that ha- has aspirations, whatever, the. it's amazing. And the more I speak, you know, with yourself, Charlie, Jess, No Sports Reward, none of those guys go looking for a purple apron. Right. And, and that's the exciting thing is if you have aspirations to be grandmaster, maybe you're not going to get to, maybe you will, maybe you're the guy, I don't know. Yeah. But the majority of those guys have said, you know what? I love this. and I'm going to do it the best of my ability. And through that has shown those guys in the leadership, this guy has it. Mm -hmm. He's excited about it. And that's, I love that. It's yep. it, it's a reoccurring narrative that is yep. really no. Cool.
2: It, it is. I you know when I talk to past grand's and past deputies and I can't ever recall one ever saying that they expected it, uh, deserved it, yeah, or you know anticipated it. I mean, it's just it it hits you and sure. you know. I mean, you know just being deputy, you know, that means, you know, you're a part of Grand Lodge for the rest oh of your my life. God. You know, yes. that is, that is, you know, that's a huge, huge step. Yeah. And um, so no, I, I was, I was stunned. I was just, uh, just floored. Um, and it, it, it and it only occurred in my second year as being district officer. I didn't finish my district officer line because I was taken out to become deputy.
1: I'm deputy. Wow. And
2: so, um, um, you know, like I said, I, stunned again you know yeah you know this is not what i'm thinking you know um but you know i've been on a very expedited path to uh to this um uh, i haven't looked back i'm i'm not sure um how fast people have ever done this but uh, from joining to becoming grandmaster was 16 years wow so you know I, i i I'm out giving service awards, and I'm like, you know, one day I might get my 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and then you know, and then I'm totally amazed that, you know, I'm, you know, we're giving out 50 year and oh my, 70 oh year, and, God, and I was... got I got to give out two 80 year awards. Unbelievable, you know, if you think about 80, they're at least 101 years old to get an 80 year award because yeah. back then you had to be 21 to join. Right, right. You know, right. and I'm and I'm like, I don't have my 20 yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, like I said, that reoccurring theme, the thing with and I, I always I know it's about you but I like to make it about me <laughs> a little bit just a little bit yeah. but when I I was in the district line and I'd, I'm i like I don't know if you're supposed to talk to somebody like you. do you throw your hat in or do they ask you and so I shot Most Wars with Brother Kevin Todd an email I'm like mm-hmm. hey I don't know if, if I'm right in doing this is what do you is there a sign up sheet you know yeah, right. <laughs> because this is one of those things just like the one day in traditional we don't advertise right how it happens it just happens it just happens yeah, yeah. so i sent that i didn't get a response and i'm like well whatever that's not mm-hmm. just meandering thought and then i talked to jess and in his podcast he said you know if you're looking to be grandmaster and you're asking to be you won't be. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, well, there that goes. I'm like, whatever, I'm not. So, and then Kevin did happen to call, and I, once again, I, I absolutely was floored. Yeah. Like, and it it's an unbelievable the the weight of the responsibility and the honor of saying, hey, you know, and and also thank you for appointing me (laughs) right kevin's suggestion your appointment right you know so um i appreciate that so we're gonna we're gonna fast forward here because obviously you've went a step farther than deputy yep um grand line oh yeah when did that happen And, and i i just look at my small bit of deo and master and how how honored those positions were of saying, you know what? There have been 153 masters of East Palestine Lodge, and my picture will always be there. Right. Your picture will always be as a Grand Master of Ohio. So when you get asked that, and obviously you have to be appointed again and whatnot, but what's that? Who asked you? What What's going through your head?
2: Sure. That, that was uh, – that's certainly a night that I'll remember because it was uh, – needless to say stunning you sure. know again especially on this expedited path that i was on because i didn't expect this you know i was two years in the district i was a one-year deputy and um most worship brother Kokenauer asked kim and i to join him and rebecca for dinner one night okay and uh i remember kim and i walking into the restaurant and she says uh, why are we doing dinner with steve and rebecca tonight and I told her I wasn't sure. I said, "But he's There's something. <laughs> he, he's, he's about to be grandmaster, and uh, he probably needs some help on a committee or fundraising." And yeah, yeah, you know, just like we're always we're, we're here to help however we can. Sure. And sure. so you know, that that's probably what we're going to be doing at dinner. Part of the way through dinner, uh, Most Worship Brother Kokenauer stated, "I bet you're wondering why we asked you to dinner."
1: <laughs> yeah, been waiting. But and, go ahead. And he <laughs> then
2: went on to tell me it was on his mind. And wow, uh, I didn't know what to say. I was just stunned. Sure. Um Kim was stunned. I was stunned. Um he, The one thing he did tell me that night was he told me not to say or agree to anything.
1: Yes, I've heard that. A you know, just, times. Don't, just <laughs> yeah.
2: you know, that I that me and Kim needed to go home. We needed to think about it. Sure. And he basically said, you have two weeks. Okay. Think about it understand the commitment both from a time and from a financial perspective sure it's you know it's a significant it's significant for both right um and then get a hold of me and let me know what your answer is and we we see
1: how it panned out <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah.
2: and so uh, that was uh how it happened okay um and then you know you know looking back on that uh, One of the things I remember is, uh, as Kim and I look, left the restaurant that night Yeah, and we're walking across the parking lot to the car, like
1: your head in the cloud feeling or what, (laughs) (laughs) I
2: I just looked over at her and and said, that's not quite how I thought dinner was going to go tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sure. sure. And I just remember driving home and, you know, we had a brief discussion about it and I said, well, we've got some things to think about.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and, uh, you know, over those next couple of weeks, we, you know, had some good in-depth conversations and, you know, is this something that we were really going to be able to commit to? And, right. you know, it, it was part of the commitment part of it. You know, I mean, it's not something that you really want to start off and then get part of the way through and say, ah, it's not really for me yeah, <laughs> that, <that's> not, <laughs> next, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, at, at
1: Blue lodge. If it has to happen, it happens, but yeah. this is a little the, the, bigger scale. Yeah.
2: And so, um, um, But we we looked and we we realized that, you know, we were in a really good position in our lives to do it. Okay. Um, um, Our kids were grown and had moved out of the house. We were still relatively young. Uh, I was in my, would that be my late 40s at the time? Sure. Um, And we said, if we ever were going to do it, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Okay. You know, if um, I don't necessarily know if you would ever get a second chance if you turned it down would you be on the, the next guy list? would yeah. you be on the next guy's list I don't know right, um, right you might be but you know um
1: that's a big if that's a big <laughs> if
2: and it's also a you know it's another eight years it's almost a decade later yeah and a decade later you know I'm headed in my 60s and by the time you're done you're in your late 70s and yeah. we're just thinking let's do it yeah let's do it now sure um, sure. we both uh pretty much grew up in ohio all of our lives right um but pretty much around the columbus area and oh, okay. one right. of the things that um we thought would was going to be great was that we were going to get to see parts of ohio that we never knew existed yeah the good, we certainly the have <laughs> oh we certainly have yeah, sure you know i got there are uh there are there's a book i want to write about grand lodge travels yeah i gotta tell I could you can only imagine um you know, there are some roads that are called roads. That, no, no. You know, I, I've uh those roads are rougher than some of the things I go on my four wheeler on when I'm hunting. You yeah, know what I mean it is you know sure, sure. Uh, but great times, no matter where we go, it's been a great time. But um, like I said, it was it was the right time. Uh, we were able to do it and we said, let's go. And so I I called most horse brother Coke an up and said we're in. Okay. And And that was it. That was it. Now, and I, I didn't
1: have this wrote down. So from that point, what is the time frame between there and when you're installed at annual communication? And I, I didn't
2: mark that down. I apologize. Yeah, no, that, from the time that you say yes, that you want to do this yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's a while. Say it, yeah. It's, it's a while. I mean, it's, I mean... And you got to keep that under your hat. You got to right? keep it under your hat. Oh, You know, you can't, you can't, you know, it's, it's closed family. Everyone's only.
1: like Tim. Why are you smiling yeah. all the time? Yeah. It's closed family. only. And,
2: and, you know, and, and it's funny because, um, when that happens, um, or when it's about time for that to happen, the, the pools and stuff start going up about who's the next guy.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, who's yeah. the next
2: guy. And, you know, and for a while. I was listening to that, and who's, who do they think is going to be the next guy, and yeah, um, and I just I couldn't say anything. I couldn't crack oh a smile. My. I couldn't say anything, and um, uh, I, I I distinctly remember again another point in time where um, uh, we were at a Masonic funeral. Okay, and uh, worship brother Chris Combs, the guy that uh, got me doing all of the stuff in Blue Lodge sure. and got me into the chairs. Um, we had walked out of the room together, okay and we were walking um, you know walking down the hallway and he uh, and he just stopped me for a second. he looked at me and he said, "You know, if I didn't know better, you're the next guy." Now, I had said nothing to nobody. Okay. Kim had said nothing to nobody. Wow. And, just... and I'm like, okay, this is the game. This is how they this is how they squeak <laughs> it out <laughs> of who that guy is. That was right? it. You've been you know? thinking like, how do you I first Yeah, you know, and um and my response was um I'm honored that you would think that I would even fit into such a role.
1: That was a that was a nice,
2: and I left it to... at that. <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, I didn't say no, I wasn't, but I just left it at that. And, um, but you know, the speculation goes on, you know, and yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and who's that guy? It's not going to be him, and so you just gotta you play through all that. And, uh, yeah. um, but no, it's it, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, some guys figure it out you know, obviously uh, people start to travel together and you start to see See certain people around. Too many coincidences start. Um, But but at the same time, you know, it'll get announced. And uh, so. uh, But no, it was it was it was was a great time. And, um, you know, it was certainly that part was a lot of fun. And looking back on was uh, was something that I'll always remember and and, and laugh at because there was a lot of it that was just funny and yeah then yeah. as we get closer and closer and closer and then you know you have many guys coming up to you and said oh i heard you're the guy you know and it's just like i don't know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> just
1: attending the same as you yeah <laughs> right. i think you're the guy <laughs> yeah. right right so how soon after you get installed do you start planning your year because obviously you know when you get that first nod you get reappointed. You're not getting elected. So right. you have to get reappointed. Right. A. Right. And elected the whole way down the chain. Yeah. And everyone says, well, you know, it's progressive. But it still has to happen. It's not nothing is set in stone. Right. So, you know, obviously X amount of years out, are you already planning right there?
2: Like, so, yeah. or, so or
1: ball rolling.
2: Yeah. So um just like I've done in the corporate world and I kind of apply the same uh, mentality and strategy to my Masonic life. Was sure. D- year one, I just sat back, watched, and listened. Okay. Um, I wanted to learn about the process and the politics of being a Grand Lodge officer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my wife says, you know, for an organization that leaves politics out of everything, you guys are pretty political. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, when you have guys that have been raised to be Grand Masters," there's a certain amount of ego and knowledge and, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and pride <laughs> and all those things come into play. I yes. mean, that's, that's it, just, it, yeah, that's human nature, that, yes. it, you know? And so, yeah, you know, and you, you have to understand that there's, I don't want to say game plan, but there's politics and things well, involved. Well, you have to do that. You, you know? have
1: to make sure everyone's on the up and up and you in know? the right position and right. happy. <laughs> right?
2: And, and so, and when you're going through this, you know, um, you know you need to know what people did before you and understand you know how we got to where we're at and before you start to dive in and start saying these changes are what needs to be made and these kind of things so that first year i was quiet i was starting to formulate and i was trying to starting to see that um there were some roles that i thought i could fill that hadn't been in the grand lodge line okay um so that was year one Um, but i realized quickly I need to start on my planning by the second year. So the second year of my Grand Lodge line is really when I started to put things in motion of what I thought needed to happen. Okay. Um, you know, people that know me have talked with me. They know I'm big on data, big on analysis, big on membership. Yeah. yeah. And and I was looking and I was, and I saw that there was a hole that needed to be filled um, in the Grand Lodge line there. I mean, we are a fraternity, obviously. Sure. Um, but we're really a membership organization, and yeah. we have to have a mindset of a membership organization. And what goes with that is data and analysis and understanding what, all of those. Yeah, things. Now, what's happening? What's what's, what's happening? What's the trends look like? You know, yeah. we and the organization knew where what the trends were. You know, I mean, you know, it sure. was, we had a big boom up in World War II. I mean, you always hear these stories: World War One, World War Two was exploding; it got really big. Then it's been, you know, in steady down. decline sure. ever since. Okay, that that's a story, but what are the details behind that? And if you ever want to change that trajectory of that slope, what are the things that you've got to put in place to do that? Sure. And when you put things in place, you have to know where you were at to know if you were better if what you just yeah, did changed yeah what are changed, we measuring on yeah, you, yes you have to set metrics in place sure. in order to have metrics you got to know the numbers right and so all of these things have to be done and and I would have loved to have been able to say year 1 boom everything is all there you know and it's easy to do and we'll just put these programs in place and it'll all be magical and yeah you know, yeah it, it wasn't like that you right. know there was you know again we had numbers we had data we had the Mori membership management system um, in that second year, I think it was, um, I convinced uh, uh, Mike Watson, much worse brother Mike w- Watson, sure. to uh, uh, tell the Mori folks to give me access to the raw data underlying um that powered the Mori database. Right. I have uh, some SQL skills, so I was able to do queries. I was able to pull raw data out, look at things at a much more detailed level than what the standard reports, you know. Right. Who's an active member, who got suspended, those kind of things. There's a lot more data that can be mined if you can get down to that. Right, to that very level. Bottom, yeah. To that level. And so um, – that's what I started doing in that second year. And, you know, I started off by taking a look at, um, and analyzing the data that's simply in the, uh, grand secretary's report. Okay. And I started building membership models, um, based on what I do at work now. Uh, okay. You know, I've, I've been, I'm in, I manage, uh, the membership operations for an internet company. We have a million and a half men, a couple hundred million dollars in revenue every year. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big organization, yeah, you know, yeah. and when I started seeing what we did or what we weren't doing, I'm like, oh, it'd be really easy just to pick up that membership model of what I do every day and plug in the numbers for here and see what happens. Right. And so I did that and I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> there's here's some insights. Yeah. Um, sure. But getting that data, building that model is only part of it. The other part of it is getting the guys to understand it yes you oh, got to yeah. get people to understand it and understand it enough that they can then start to say oh these are some of the things that we need to do Yeah, buy into it and- buy into it and start to plan around it sure and so there was a number of things that you know it started to find that you know as we started to um uncover the data i really got going um the year that most worshipable brother Kaler was grandmaster. Okay. Um, and by that time I had enough access to the data. I, I had enough, uh, information that I could really, um, start to tell the story right, of what right. everything was telling us. And, um, at the same time he was deputy for Scottish Rite in Ohio. And I was to a point where I was like, it would be really cool if not only did we understand all of the Grand Lodge data, but what if we tied in and mapped all the Scottish Rite for Ohio data? Sure. And, you know, what could we see and what could we learn about that? And so I I told him and um, our active uh, Rite Worship Brother, Ebby Brewer, um, as I talked about earlier, Scottish Rite, he was uh, Kaler's uh, grand chaplain. And right, so right. the three of us traveled around a lot together. And I was starting to do data analysis for Scottish Rite as well. Okay. And so then we basically, uh, most our brother Kaler just said, you can have access to the data in Ohio. You can have access to the Scottish Rite data in Ohio. And so we started with the Valley of Columbus. I mapped that data, showed them, and they were like, okay, do it all.
1: Go. Yeah. Go.
2: And so, you know, there were some very interesting things that came out of that analysis. You know, sure, I, I sure. can see now – we can see what a man's journey looks like we can see how old he was when he joined freemasonry we can see how long it took him to be from an entered apprentice to when he became a master mason right i can see how long it was be, from the time that he was raised to the time that he joined scottish rite i can you know we can see all of these things and then you can start building profiles on well who joined scottish rite and what yes. we found what we found was you know it's 30 it's men that are 35 to 50 that have been raised in zero to three to five years. That's historically who joins in the reunions. And so that really starts to say, well, who do you need to target? If you're Scottish, right? Who do you need to go after? Yeah. These are the guys. These are the guys. These are the guys that you really should be looking at. So, um, a a lot of insight there that, you know, again, all the data was there, but the story hadn't been put together on what it, what it all meant. Right. Right. Um, and so there, there's a lot of other data points that came along as we were doing this that, um, you know, we, we we got insight into and we yeah. we started to act on it. But that started year two. All right. So. <laughs> that was year two when it started. And here we Kaler are. Taylor was a couple years later. And then, you know, now I'm to the point and during my rollouts, I was, you know, I've been very upfront with people. I'm a very transparent person. Yeah. And yeah, I, sure. you know. I am who I am. You're either going to like me or you're not going to like me. You're going to like what I have to say. or You're not going to like what I have to say. I'm okay with that. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, but I'm going to tell you what's on my mind. And so, um, you know, when I did my rollouts, I said, this is the state of the fraternity people. You know, we have things that we've got to do. We are in a, uh, we are in a reflection point, point in time where we yeah. have got to say, are we going to make the effort to turn things around
1: or sure. are we
2: going to keep going on what we're doing? Right. And where we're at right now is, you know, in 2005, we were at 125,000 Masons. And we're at 69,000 now. Yeah. And if we don't make significant changes in 2044, we're going to be under 30,000. Right. That's the model. That's, that's the, the membership model. Yeah, that's that, the numbers. You know, and, um, you know, when I originally built that, I've got a funny story about that because when I originally built it, um, I was sitting at a Grand Lodge advisory meeting sure it's kind of like the for those that don't know it's like a board of directors meeting right with Grand Lodge and everyone's sitting around the committees are sitting around and we're going around around the table I I handed out the membership model and again I'm second year in you know I'm junior guy one of the junior guys yeah I'm handing out this is what where we're at right now this is what next year looks like and this is what 10 or 20 years out looks like and all the Grand Lodge officers just kind of looked at it and Shook their yeah, head a little bit, right. put it aside, <laughs> moved on about the meeting. I said that was okay. I'm a junior guy. You'll hear from me again. Yeah. And uh, following your advisory, I hand out the the forecast, and uh, guys look at it, kind of shake their head, start to put it aside. Well, that time, uh, right worship brother Ron Connolly, the grand treasurer at the time, yeah, stopped the meeting, and he said, Tim, he said, how far off was your forecast? from what you gave us last year to where we're at today. And at the time we were at 80,000 men okay. and my forecast was off by 40. Wow. So. Yeah. That, that's significant. We're close. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. pretty, we're, you know, we're, we're really, really close, you sure, know? Sure. And you know, in the corporate world, if I was ever that close, I'd be, you know, gold, gold, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you you're just best never that close. Best. but, but our, our, our data is pretty stable f- historically. so, it was easy to say, if we don't make any changes, if we keep doing what we're doing, then it's easy to project out. Right. You know, you extrapolate that data out, and it's easy to do the calculation, and uh, at least easy in my head. But it, w- it was easy, sure. And, sure. and it was accurate. In fact, not too long ago, I, I found one of those models that I did in 2017, okay. and it said that um, in 2021, we would be at 69,000 and some change and in we 2021, are. we're at 69,000 and change. So that was four years ahead, right. tip, i said what tip, the number was gonna be. Tip of the hat, <laughs> yeah, I, right. don't, I don't so, have one, yeah. but. <laughs> so, you know, that's where, you know, when I start to say what things look like in 2044, you know, 22 years from now being half the size, that's a, that's a real number. So, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's a number that if things don't get worse, when I was doing these things originally, COVID hadn't hit yet. Yeah, that's You know, I whole... mean, y- you can see that COVID has a big impact on what happened. Sure, and so, we, yeah. You know, how many more of those events are we we going to have in the next 20 years? Yeah. Well. And you know, we we've been slow for 2 years. So, it's uh, you know, we have to understand that that's the trajectory that we've been on. Now, Grand Lodge is in a, in the process of doing a lot of good work. We've yes. got some some things coming. Um, You know, mixed reviews, depending on who you're talking to, you know, the centralized dues processes, the notifications to help in the lodges, notify members about the dues, doing the online dues payments and collection. Those things are going to help. This is year one. It's going to be a little rough the first year. And, (laughs) And you know, it's, it's one of those things where we're creatures
1: of habit. So it's like, I don't want somebody coming in and telling me how to do this different. I've done this 30 years this way or whatever it is. So, you know, it's, the moves that are being made are to make the process easier to make it so that Grand Lodge office can see those numbers and really work with them. And, you know, Grand Lodge officers too, not office. I'm right. I'm on the office. end, but yeah, that's, and, and I being in the DEO part of it, I hear grumblings and I keep my job and my DEO very separate. Yeah. So I, I never bring that stuff up. And I'm, part of it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Here we go yeah. again. But, you know, that's every organization, there are growing pains and growing right. things. And that this is part of it.
2: Well, you know, and I think a lot of it comes down to perception, too. I mean, you know, some folks' perception was Grand Lodge is getting into our business. And we we can run it fine. We can do everything that we can do. And we, right. we've got it. Sure. Well, it's never been the Grand Lodge's. Perspective to take it over. We're here to help. Yeah, you know, if you think about do simple dues payment every year, I mean, we have 400 at the time, 440 lodges. Yeah, each one of those lodges are going to go to a print house. They're going to print envelopes. They're going to print the dues notices. Mm -hmm. They're going to stuff those envelopes. They're going to put all the postage on them, and they're going to send them out. They got 440 instances of that same thing going on. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you have a centralized system. To package it up, send it to one print shop, have the Grand Lodge pay for it, and send it out. Exactly. You know, and then the dues, anybody that pays manually, they're still paying the dues to the Lodge. Yeah. You know, and to layer on top of that, we implemented an online due system, which has been like one of the number one requests we've gotten from our members for a decade. I mean. (laughs) Hand up. You know, everybody wants online. Why can't I pay my dues online? Okay, well, now they can do it. Yeah. And, and. You know, so, so we did those things because that's what people were asking for. We are trying to assist the lodge with the uh, online dues or the dues notifications. Sure. And so that will help the lodge eventually. We've got to get through the growing pains. It will improve. Um, And in fact, we may, it'll be interesting to see what happens because we're trending pretty good. Um, You know, but again, there's a lot of uh, cleanup and stuff that we're finding as we're digging into the data. Um, We, you know, now that we're mapping our data between our pendant bodies, we also have a lot of intercommunication with the data or from the data between the bodies. Right. And so, you know, we we got an update from the northern Masonic jurisdiction. We mapped it together and we found a couple of hundred guys that we had marked as active in the Blue Lodges who the Northern Masonic jurisdiction had received notification of death. And so, you know, they... And that makes sense to me, right? I mean, sure, you have men that are active in the fraternity. You have families that know they're active in the fraternity. Yeah, yeah. Dad was always, you know, very active in Scottish Rite. And so when he passes away, the family notifies Scottish Rite that he passed away. Well, we don't have... Up to now, we didn't have good inner body communications back yes. and forth. right. And now that we're sharing data back and forth, we know that, and we can see that, and we can see it pretty quickly. Right. And so, you know, we did a, a data refresh, and we found a couple hundred guys. And, you know, part of the uh, dues payment process, we were looking at guys who still had outstanding dues. We We bashed the data against that. We found out that 50 of those guys had passed away. Well, we're not going to collect those dues. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we need to pull those out. Sure. For one, because, you know, we're obviously not going to collect those dues, but we don't from a fraternity, we don't need to keep sending letters and notifications to the family. You know, so these are the kind of things that when you have data that's centralized, these are the kind of things that we can optimize and streamline the process. Sure. Sure. um, individual lodges may not have that visibility on this is what the goal
1: was well, yeah that's you know and i'm not saying palestines like this but palestine lodge sees palestine lodge and right. we, don't, we don't, i don't look at it i know steve hill or wade Bear doesn't look at perry lodge or university Lodge. no it's palestine's books it's palestine's communication so i get that completely to jump back because sure. because you did say you brought up one of my points i wanted to talk about we're at a reflection point we're in the process and Obviously, you have to come up with this before your grandmaster, your moniker for the year. So, right. reflect on Freemasonry. When did that hit? When was it? Was it something that was always there? Or was it something in the middle of the night? Jotting notes, sounds like ding did it pop up.
2: Yeah, I um, I started to think about you know what my theme would be several years ago. You sure. know, because each grandmaster has a theme, and you have to start thinking about it early because there's a lot of prep work and, you know, what's your message and what's your pin going to be. And yeah, all of these kind of things sure. are get, all part of it. Making
1: the pin, making that, the pin, yeah, you know, sure. you,
2: you have lead time for all of these things. And, right. Right. Um, you know, crunch time really gets up to, you know, that junior warden year, you better have a good one in mind. Um, because at, at senior grand warden, you're, you know, you're, you're planning for deputy grandmaster and you don't have any time as deputy grandmaster. You know, by that time you're, you're set and starting ready to get going. So, yeah. um, So it was several years ago, and and I started to compile a list of thoughts and some ideas, you know, what would work, you know, what's in my mind. And I wanted a theme that was going to allow me to easily incorporate it into no matter what I was talking about. Right. Um, I do a lot of speeches, and I wanted to be able to um, work something in with that that I could bring up at any point in any speech. Sure. And um, this is probably going to come – as a shock to people that know me that are okay. listening to this um but i'm a bit anal retentive okay really <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> okay yeah and uh one of the things i've done over the time is i've kept every speech i've ever written oh wow all right so Files. all my masonic speeches are file safe file i okay. have the electronic copies and i have the printed copies all the way back from presentations i did as a junior officer at university lodge so i have everything
1: Wow. And, right.
2: and so as I was thinking about what my theme was, I started to go back through speeches and things that I had written. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one day I was reading back through those speeches and I found the one that I gave the night that I left the master position at University Lodge. Wow. And that's uh, awesome. And my speech was about reflecting back on my year as a master and the things that we did at the lodge and yeah. and those kind of things. And it just all of a sudden, like the light bulb came on and I was like, okay, I've got it. And, uh, wow. So I had it and I started thinking about, okay, I could talk about almost anything, you know, you know, know, there's nothing I couldn't talk about reflecting back on, you know, past grandmasters and lodges and years of master. And, you know, my year as deputy, I mean, there's so many different things you can reflect back on. And right. So once I had it, then I started sketching my pin. Okay, And I said, okay, I can make this work. You know, I want the shiny pin. I want the reflection, Yes, you know? And, um, and, you know, I'm kind of a simple guy. I didn't want it to be real fancy or anything, but I wanted it that people could look at the pin and get, get the theme the and the, and the yes. pin. Um, so once I had that, um, I knew I had my theme. I knew I had what I wanted to do. And now all I had to do was wait and hope that at all well okay. that another grand lodge officer in oh, front of me didn't steal it did, well not <laughs> didn't steal because you know when you get your thing you're going to be real quiet and yeah, you yeah. just hope that somebody in front of you doesn't have the same idea sure or something sure. that's really that similar to it right, right and so i'm like oh man please you know yeah and then as soon as i heard um as soon as i was deputy grandmaster and i heard what Dickershide, or actually before that, once I heard what Dickershide's um, theme was, yeah. I knew I was golden, like because it breath. didn't matter at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, yeah. you know, he was already set, he already had his theme, he already had his pin, sure. um, and so then I was, you know, I was free to to, to, to go, yeah, and so yeah. that, that's where that came from, but...
1: Well, I, I think the one thing on my end, you know, because working in the office, I, I obviously have access to that stuff before general mm-hmm. population and the pdf and if for everyone not listening if you have not seen the pin it's got the square and compass in ohio reflect on freemasonry and most wars with brother timothy s Wheeland. it's mirrored i wanted to give a quick shout out to brothers and bonds co our continued sponsor on the show they just released our merchandise line for the traveling name podcast we have a few different shirts a coffee mug go over there to brothers and and give it a look thank you so so it's very easy when you see that pin that it really hits on like reflected so i saw the pdf first and I like it. It's very sharp, very to the point, but it's not mirrored. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and and it wasn't that I was upset with the phrase or whatever. And you're right. It, it is – I don't want to say it's plain, but it's to the point. Yeah. You know, it's not a bunch of frills, Ohio Freemasonry. Right. So when we got to the annual communication and you get installed and you get um, pins handed out so you can hand them out, all of them are mirrored and you get – And it just hit, I'm like, oh man, that's (laughs) like, all right, that is really sharp because at the beginning, see it, I'm like, all right, I wanted more, but I'm, I'm flashy. So, you know, once you saw that it wasn't a, wow, drop the ball. It was a, okay, now I understand yeah. the whole thing because the PDF didn't give you that mirrored right. thing. It was just kind of a silvery-looking... Yeah. Well, you know, so. and,
2: and when you're making your pins, that's always a challenge because you're working with the company and, yeah. you're, and you you have something in your mind. You have this vision that's in your head of what it needs to be. Yes. And, you know, in again, in my corporate world, I... I work with designers you know or websites and things like that and sure. we can i've always tried to be abstract a little bit and say this is what i'm trying to accomplish this is what we want to do and then you let the design people go yeah that's what they do yeah and the designers came back and they had i don't know five different things and i was like no 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 <laughs> no i really mean i just want a simple flat pen you know they had all the 3d imprints and all the other yeah, craziness yeah. and i'm like where does it say reflection? You know, if you were across the room, you know, there was no reflection, there was no, none of that. And I'm like, simple, flat, shiny reflection, yeah. you know, band around the edge, simple. And uh, they sent one back and I'm like, you're about 25% of the way there.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> sent it back again and they sent the PDF that you saw and I said, that's it. Yeah. That is it. That's, it. you know, cause I knew that it was going to be, and, and I had gotten the samples in the mail. So okay. I knew that that, that was going to be, it. Okay. it was going to be the shiny silver. And I, it's like, okay, that's yes. You just hit it. That's exactly what yeah, I was Yeah. That,
1: that was the, when we got to communication, I stepped. and I'm like, oh, it all makes sense. It's <laughs> it like, it's fun. all coming together. Yeah. So, so that leads me to the next point of annual communication because it's the time. You know, you, ha- you have to sit and you go through Most worship Brother Dickerside's day. Yep. And you still have to be voted. Obviously, it has to happen. I don't know if anyone has not got voted, but that's neither here nor there. It still has to happen. Well, and, and I
2: got to tell you, sitting up on stage and knowing that it's happened, and you're you're sitting there going, did I get voted in? Because you're sitting there, because I don't, I don't know what would happen if you didn't get voted in. Do you yeah. Just, you just... That, you do I do mean, you walk off the stage and you don't go to the incoming grandmaster's banquet. The next, I mean, how does that all work? I, yeah, don't, I don't know how that exactly. would work. And so uh, then I heard my name called and I'm like, oh, they did it. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I always half joke with my wife and said, you know, it was either going to be a good day or it was going to be a great day. And she could pick which one was which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Pretty easy to see how it, yeah. how it panned out. So that installation, because, you know, even, you know, talking with, and, and I want to group Ohio here, not not to leave Most worship Brother Ward out, but because my experience is in Ohio and, you know, just is a couple years out. So yours is, you know, around five months ago. Uh-huh. So it's still right there. You yeah. know, it's still in the back of your head, just uh, unbelievable. What are your thoughts on that? How Do you have thoughts or is it just like a wild wedding reception where everything happens so fast that at the end you're like, That was awesome. I don't remember a lot.
2: (laughs) Well, it was, you know, we've switched to that consolidated Grand Lodge. So everything happens in that day. Yes. And so, you know, the Grand Lodge actually, you know, we're actually there starting on Wednesday. So, you know, most people arrive for Friday and stay over for Saturday. And that, you know, that's about it. Sure. But on um, Grand Lodge officers, we get there on Wednesday. We do a dinner with the Grand Lodge family. Uh, Thursday is the day of Grand Lodge committee meetings. Everybody meets. Those right. committees go on. Then um, Thursday night is the uh, outgoing Grand Master's banquet. Right. Friday yes. is the day um, the elections take place, and then Friday night is the incoming Grand Master's banquet. And then Saturday becomes Deputy and DEO school. Right. And so it is a whirlwind experience to yes. say the least. I mean, it is just it's it's just it happens quick. Right. Um, but it is still fresh. For me, I wanted to hit the ground running. I have a lot of plans. I have a lot of projects. You know? Right, I, right. I have a lot that I want to get done. Okay. Um, I, I have the mentality of, let's try to get more done than we could possibly get done, because whatever we get done will probably be more than if you set the bar too low. Yeah. So let's get a lot done. Yes. And so I really wanted to hit the ground running. Sure. Um, and so, um, you know, I look back and- I think we did hit the ground running. Um, we got a, a couple of things done in that first or second week. You know, we got uh, new member communications going out. You know, I felt that it was very important that members that were uh, just initiated into the fraternity should get a welcome letter from yeah, the Grand Lodge, absolutely, um, I it. and that when men were raised, they should get a congratulations letter from the Grand Master. Right. And we implemented that. It was like the first week or second week um, that I had come in. So. You know, we started to turn some of these projects around pretty quickly. And uh, like I said, we got, we got a lot more, but um, we've gotten a quite a bit accomplished. But, you know, we're f- five and a half months in and I'm still looking out going, we still got a lot to do. Yeah, and so, a lot you know, to do
1: and the time's going, time's yeah, going quick. Going
2: quick. And <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I've got to try to get as much through the funnel as I possibly can um, and, and, and lay the groundwork. I mean, I, I can't get it all done. Sure. Um, but hopefully their seeds are planted and they make enough sense to the guys behind us that, um, you know, that they'll they'll carry those things on or they'll have additional ideas. That's, yeah. you know, part of what we need to do is to get um, everyone bought in. And we started this several years ago, of making sure people bought into the journal idea of what was going on. And because what we don't want to do is spend a lot of time and invest a lot of money on projects that the next guy isn't going to do. Yes. It, you know, sure. just you're just wasting time and wasting money at that point. So right. um, for the most part, people are uh, on board with the different projects. Okay. Um, probably what the priorities of those projects are probably shift up and down depending on who's coming sure. in. Absolutely. Um, but we try not to put things into the list that people would say, you know, I'd never do that. If, so, if somebody, you know, any of the three, four, five guys behind me would say, that's absolutely crazy. I don't want, have any interest in doing that. We probably wouldn't do it. Right. No, okay. It just doesn't make sense. So
1: Sure. So going now that you're Grandmaster, how do you keep yourself grounded? Because there's you know, on top of when you come in the lodge, you're the guy. Wherever you go, you're the guy. Yeah. There isn't a you know, oh there's the deputy. Nope. Nobody remembers the you know, you have the big apron and the gold. Yeah. And everybody wants a picture with you, myself included. It always happens. but And everybody else gets a picture, too. So don't don't feel bad, everybody else. I'm getting you, too. But how do you keep yourself grounded? I I put that quote, you know, the greatest defect of some masters is they never recall that they, too, were once apprentices. Right. You know, how do you keep yourself
2: grounded and your eyes focused and not let the moment overtake you? Yeah. Well, I try to stay grounded regardless of what I'm doing. I learned a long time ago that you you can't stress out on things. Sure. Um, you know, focus on what really matters. Focus on the next thing to accomplish. Focus on what you're doing right now. Yeah. You know, you just got to stay focused and you know, when you when you're thinking about uh everybody was an apprentice and I say, you know, I try to look at things as if I'm an apprentice every day. Yeah. That's how I kind of stay grounded. Um, I don't know everything. And I'm always learning. Yes, none of us are perfect. True, and we are all in a continual state of polishing our Ashler. Absolutely. We, you can act like you know everything. You can <laughs> you can fake it really well, right? But you don't.
1: True, and you know yes. there
2: are stories. Um, you know, I I remember uh, you know one of the things that I'm doing this year is I'm doing the surprise drop ins to the lodges. Yes, <laughs> and they don't know when I'm coming. Short, they don't know where, short. you know, they just know that, uh oh, he's out and about. And I usually post it ahead of time that I'm in the car with somebody. And if you're meeting tonight, you might get the right. the three knocks on the door. And and, you know, I specifically don't tell any of the district leadership. I don't tell the yeah. deputies. I yeah. don't tell anybody. And I know that probably breaks <laughs> some of the Grand Lodge and protocol rules and everything. But, you know, I want lodges to be ready. Sure. And you don't know. I mean, we always laugh about, oh, well, there's that mysterious through knock on the door. It could be the Grand Master. Well, you know what? It really can be. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, uh, we, we've we done some traveling. Uh, usually what we do is the first thing that we do when we walk in is we snap a picture of the Grand Tyler surprise that, oh, my God, these guys in aprons <laughs> well, are here. What, what's uh, here. What's going on? What's going on? So you, you grab him first and you just look at him. You say, don't knock on that door. Don't tell anybody we're here. Yeah. And you know, we get ready and we get everything on and the jewels and the aprons and, and we say, go ahead and knock on that door. And sure. then, you know, you walk in and the expressions on people's faces oh, price. Kid. they're just priceless. <laughs> you know, they're just priceless. And, and, you know, and, and I always tell people, I am not here to judge anybody. That's not an inspection. Right. I'm here right. to meet people, have a good time, shake some hands and enjoy Freemasonry. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's about. And, um, you know, and we've dropped in on some inspections, you know, and sure. And that's always a good time as well. And, you know, and, and and it's funny because I always I go back and forth if I should do that or not, because I know I add stress into the room, you know, sure. oh and, yeah, yeah. And, and I always tell people that you don't need to be stressed. I was you one. I, yeah. I remember I remember yeah. when I was in my inspection. I remember when, you know, the, the district deputies knocked on my door and walked in. Right. You know, and, and I got all nervous. And and I said, even in the 14th district, some of these guys that are masters, they get all nervous when I walk in now. And I, and I say, why? Yeah. I said, I knew you before I was ever <laughs> even the Grand Lodge line. Why right. are you guys all nervous? Just because I walk in, you know, right, right. and, uh, you know, again, it's, it's back to trying to stay grounded and stay humble. Um, And, and, you know, I was at uh, an inspection and there was a few words missed here and there, a few lines. It was, it was no big deal. And afterwards, you know, I, I told him the story. I said, you know what? I said, three weeks ago, I was doing a reconsecration ceremony. And there is a phrase that we use part of the way through the ritual. And it talks about establishing and confirming. And I got to that and I knew it was an E word, but I couldn't think about what the E word was. And I froze. I absolutely froze and I couldn't figure out what it was. And my good buddy behind me, right worshipful brother Grendel, deputy grandmaster, spews out empowering. So I say empowering because I was prompted. <laughs> okay. And as soon as I said that, I said that word isn't in this ritual. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and now I was really stuck. Yeah. And then I looked over at uh uh, most for Brother Keith Newton, secretary, who's over there on my left. And he's at a loss as well, and he just kind of shook his head. <laughs> and so then I look over at most for brother Kokonau, who's over on my right, and right in the middle of the ritual he says, You know I know all the words, but I wasn't paying attention to what where you were at, so I can't tell you what what you yeah, need to say. He <laughs> was
1: just living the moment.
2: <laughs> so we all just chuckled and we moved on. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I say that to tell people that it doesn't really matter what position you're in. We've what all happens. been there. Yeah, it, we've yeah. all we been all miss there. Miss a word, it's so okay. Yeah. Just relax, enjoy it. If you if you're not having fun while you're doing it, you're not doing it right. Right. And so just enjoy it because you know the experience will be over one day. Yes. And you better oh, yeah. enjoy every minute of this while you can. Yes. And just have a good time with it. Sure. And, you know, there's time to be serious and there's time to be. You know, when we're doing our ritual, we're bringing in new guys but you still got to have fun, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and that candidate that's there is going to know if you're all stressed out or if you're having a good They're time going and out, enjoying yeah. it. So, Well,
1: that's with, you know, the random drop-ins. Guys at my lodge, number one, I get razzed all the time, but it's because I'm around Grand Lodge guys more often than the normal, I would say the normal Mason, only because – yeah, I have a dialogue and I work with and the things I do with the podcast. And just because I'm a social media guy, right. you know, I get it. Like people want to see pictures. And if I take pictures of just me, they don't want to see that all the time. You know, so with the random drop ins, they're like, Tim's coming, isn't he? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. He might. <laughs> he And they're like, yeah, he's coming. Right. I'm like, I don't know. He does not tell me. They do the car thing, and then they show up. Okay. One of my deputies like, I heard Tim's coming. I'm like, from who? He's like, well, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what is happening. Like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe maybe not. You know, so that was the big, and they kept asking, like, guys, I really don't know this. But the second thing, you know, when you say about adding stress, when you come in, how many stories, how many things that happen that are fond moments or defining moments happen because it was real easy. How many of those stories you go like, you know what? It was so easy when I was master. Right? No, no. You remember that part where you were like, holy shit, there's a ton of stuff and you did it and it happened and you put everything together for that entire journey or, you know, I can't believe Tim showed up and we just rocked it. Then you know that will be a defining moment for right. whoever that was the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, that's so true. do it. Be yep. the be the stressor. That's a tip from a de right. Well, well, you know, <laughs> you, you know,
2: as I said, I you know, I try to stay humble with everything I do. That's in my personal life, it's in my career, and it's certainly in my Masonic life. And and I look, I reflect back on you know one of our lectures where we talk about blossoms and honors and greatness yeah and how the frost comes and man falls like autumn leaves you're right stay humble my (laughs) friends yes absolutely one day you will be that leaf that falls
1: you know that's i i can't remember which podcast it was on but we were talking about you know you brought up reflecting in your last uh um night as master of university and I can remember sitting... It was with Tim Klein, the last one. Sitting in my last night, you know, after elections. And, you know, I know the next... I want to sit here for the very beginning, but then everyone's installed and I'm out of here. And it was really... uh, I loved it so much. I loved the journey. I loved... not, Not the control. It's not a control thing. It's a, you know, I'm getting better... And part of that is everybody else is along for the journey and we're making East Palestine. It isn't Jim Hall made East Palestine. No, I'm one little cog of East Palestine. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was, you know, that it's wild when that happens. And then you, well, I mean, then sometimes instead of putting the white apron on, you get to be first vice president of right. the district. <laughs> right. You know, but it's amazing how that happens. And you're right. Like, how quickly it happens, you know, then next year you're on to other things. And, right. you know, then there's another guy. Yep. There's always another guy. There's
2: the next guy That's right.
1: So you went through, you got through the whole day, and there's a picture, and I happened to be in the picture. I didn't take it. One. I don't remember who took it, but you came in and your hands were up. Like, <laughs> I felt like that was like a, ha <sighs> like, the suit's off. Yeah. Let's have a good time and enjoy. What was the after like? You oh, know? the
2: after was just unbelievable. Um, you know, what a fantastic feeling. Uh, I remember walking into the hospitality hotel and it taken me forever to get to the hospitality room. <laughs> right. Because I was talking to so many people. You know, sure, you would take a all... step, Everyone comes up, shakes your hands. They're talking to you. I mean, it's great to see everybody from everywhere. And then when I entered the hospitality room. That was put on by the fabulous 14th Masonic District. Yes. Boom. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody rapped three times loud and the arms went up, the toast started to happen, and sure. the night was on. Yes. You know, uh, we talked and laughed and sipped bourbon and smoked cigars until <laughs> early, <laughs> early morning. Oh, yeah. 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 You yeah. Know, it was great just to relax from the brothers around the state. You know, sure. there was a group of us that was out front um, smoking really good cigars uh, during
1: that downpour during the was, downpour. Yeah, you know, absolutely. we're all
2: underneath that canopy thing <laughs> yeah, and it's th- just pouring down around us. And, right. Um, you know, that's kind of when it really hits you. Sure. Uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, don't mess this up. Yeah, know, yeah. These are the guys that are depending on you. Right. You know, don't, you know, you're having a good time, but yeah, this is what you're here for. That's these guys. Right, right. So don't mess it up. Sure. And, you know, that's um, that's always kind of what's in my head, right, is, you know, we've got to do the right things. Yeah. Um, because there are 69,000 people that are, that yeah. are dependent on yeah. you not messing things up. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, that that was just... Just a fantastic night. I yeah, I, I
1: I tell people, especially from my lodge, if you get a chance to go to communication, go. Now, even if you're not one of the, the voting officers, you have to go to this. And they're like, "Well, what am I going to do there?" And the the thing that's really exciting and you don't plan on is like in that situation, you know, at that point, you know, obviously you're there as Grand Master, but in that picture, off to the side. Most worse brother Dickershides there. Um, right. Wars brother, Jeff Wanderlings, yeah. these, like people that just myself wandering around BS talk to them. Uh, Ron White, Jay yeah. Miller, all these people that you get and you maybe you have 15, 20, 30 minutes, of really good conversation that I, I don't get to see Ron White all the time. Right. But from that conversation with him, and that's the first time I really got to talk to him, and that was late in the evening. I know you were still there because he, he drugged you over, and that's why you're here. Is Ron White's like, you need to be on here. Right, right. <laughs> but that's the sort of thing that it's my goal to keep an eye on. What does Ron do? Because he kind of, in that talk, is like something clicked. It's like, you know, whatever he's doing, I like. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the great thing with, the communication is you get access to so many exciting really awesome masons that are doing great things everywhere right and you know guys from the 24th well maybe what's going on where ron's at isn't happening
2: mm-hmm.
1: here why not because we can't do it somebody just hasn't brought it up so right you mm-hmm. know that's that's why i tell those guys you got to go to this you don't understand not the networking aspect but you go to lodge that first time you came in university, didn't know anybody, and then now all of those guys, Chris comes and all of them, that's your core. And then you move into the district, and then your core grows. And now, like it's not Palestine or university, it's Ohio, right? And then it's not Ohio anymore; it's Alaska and it's <laughs> Pennsylvania, Paris. and yeah. everybody else is yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, that, that's it. It's amazing how a spider webs. That's right. So, and we are we hit a good chunk of membership here, but obviously membership's the name of the game, right? Some guys are going to scoff. Yep. But you know, if you don't have membership, you don't have an organization. You don't have an organization. (laughs) So give me a little bit of your thoughts on it. And we'll we'll roll right into the one day class. that just happened this
2: past weekend. Sure thing. So, you know, as I said earlier, we, you know, Uh, I saw the need to do some of the data analysis. Sure. um, And we needed to uh, make sure that it, you know we could tell the story for what was needed right um both for the year to come and the years after mm-hmm. you know we 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 talk about membership and there are so many different data points that we have to think about from a membership perspective. Right. You know, some guys will just say, Oh, it's just about membership acquisition. You know, just get as many new members as you can.
1: No, not really, but
2: you need to do that. You know, we, we, but you know, you need to understand, you know, new mem the number of new members that one you need to bring in. Sure. And then you also need to understand the number of new members that you have the capacity to bring in. Yes. And those are two different things. Sure. You know, I can tell you that in order to flatten the, the, the curve, you know, not flatten it from going up, but flatten it from going down. Sure. We got to bring in 4,000 masons. Somehow we got to make up 4,000 men a year. Right. And people hear that number and they say, there's no way we can do that. There's ways we can do that. Yeah. I I say 4,000 men. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to go get 4,000 men every single year. It would be great if we could, However, if we bring in 1,500 guys or 1,700 guys in a year and we um, reduce our suspension nonpayment of dues by 300 guys, well, we're at 2,000 now. Right. You know, if, if you if you can minimize your losses sure, sure. and add to your gains by bringing new men in, there are ways to make those numbers up. Yes. And so, um, you know, you have to think about that. You have to think about, you know what is the retention rate from men that come in through the Grandmaster's class versus traditional members? You know what is the the non-completion of degree rate? I mean that's another stat that yes, we stumbled huge. on. huge. It was huge, and you don't you don't
1: add that in a lot. It's like well, it's just kind of lingering. Right. There. I mean,
2: yeah. um, I was listening to a podcast a couple months ago, not one of yours. It was another Masonic podcast. Okay, they had a uh, past Grandmaster from one of the States and sure he was definitely a, uh, not a, not an advocate for uh, grandmaster classes. Okay. Um, but he was talking about his jurisdiction and, um, he was, he had said that, you know, his analysis showed that 50% of the guys that came in in, in their grandmaster class, um, left. Okay. But then he, I'm sorry, 60%, 60% left. Okay. But then he went on to say that 50% of the guys that came in, in the traditional manner left as well. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like there's other issues going on there, right? I mean, sixty percent versus fifty percent. Yeah, it'd be nice to be less than that, but yeah, um, you know, those are some significant numbers. Sure. And in there, it was funny because there was a challenge thrown out that you know, show me the data where that doesn't work, right? You know, and show me the data that of where it's better, right? So at the conference of Grand Masters a couple of months ago, I had the opportunity to present to every Grand Master, and top lodge officers or top grand lodge officers uh, for all the jurisdictions in North America. Okay. I showed them the data. Sure. And, you know, at least here in Ohio, and I did caveat that, that this is what, this Ohio is what we're seeing. This is what yes, we're seeing. This exactly. is what we're doing. We're welcoming. We're open to these things. We're trying new things. Yes. If you don't do grand master classes, that's one thing. Yeah, that, that's, that's okay. Fine. That's your deal. But how are you bringing in new guys? How can you, bring in enough guys do you does your lodge have lodges have the capacity to bring in the number of guys to um overcome your losses sure um those are all things you got to take into consideration you know uh, membership churn which is also known as membership loss what are our rates snpd rates right you know we need to look at that as a as a percentage of membership did a program that we put in place have a positive or a negative impact Right. on that rate yes or no it's a simple question sure, sure um deceased rates how many guys are we losing year over year is that getting worse is it getting better i can tell you that over the last two years we see a significant uptick in the number of deceased brethren sure covid had its impact absolutely you know we're an older organization yeah it definitely took an impact um restoration program analysis in you know most were for brother posey most were for brother shall and then last year most worst brother Dickerscheid all did some form of a restoration program. Right. How did those perform? Were they worthwhile? Did, was there a positive return on investment or not? Right. These are all things that we have to look at and think about. Um, just to let everybody know, I'm planning to do another one this year. Sure. It's, it's worthwhile to try. The question is, is, um, you know, some people will question, well, why would you try to do a program like that year after year? Just like the, the grand master's class. We did one last year. Right. Some people had the mindset of we shouldn't do them back to back because you've used up all of your your pool of people. Sure. And I question that. And I think that, you know, last Saturday's program was pretty successful by the by the time we're done, we're probably going to have 800 plus guys come in just in that one effort. Plus the other one day classes that were going on around the around the state throughout the year. So, yeah. um, we obviously didn't use up the pool. We're obviously uh, uh, making masons. You know, sure. Uh, you know, one of my tags, one of my hashtags is "Let's make masons." And yes, I, you know, I'm looking around the state, and I'm we're making masons. So yeah, sure. sure. Um, you know, and th- there's other data points that we got to look at too. I'm, a couple years back, I did a lodge at risk report. You know, and basically it looked at a lot of the metrics. You know, how many guys were raised? What were the age average age of the lodge compared to the average age of masonry as a whole across Ohio, how many right. people were raised, how many people are initiated, how many people lived in the state versus out of state, all of these metrics, right. and then they were all weighted. And you know I could look at, by running all the lodge data through that, I could then pretty accurately determine if a lodge was at risk or not. Right, And I can tell you that a handful of lodges that were identified at risk here in the 14th district are not here anymore. Sure that were on that list, there was only one lodge that was on that list that's still there today, and now it's flourishing and, and I always say that it just because it's not in good shape now, it usually only takes one or two three guys into a lodge, and that thing can turn around and be magical and yeah. and so, but if you don't get those guys,
1: well yeah that's that's that you know I don't know where I had that quote at is you know the uh I
2: don't have
1: it. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> it's on another yeah.
2: page or yeah. I, I but. Just say, so. There, you know, there's also, there's no su- silver bullet to solve our issues. Yeah, sure. And, you know, we can't, as a Grand Lodge and as a Grand Master, you know, just have, like, one program. Right. We have to have a series of programs. They have to be layered on top of each other. You know, you have to have a... Uh, New member acquisition program. You have to have a restoration program. What are you going to do for reinstatements? How are you going to make this all happen? And that that's just the membership aspect of it. On top of that, you have to have the lodge education. You have to have all the programs for engagement. You have to have everything firing all at the same time. You can't just focus on one thing because that one thing will not move the needle. No, it's, it's all of them together yes. at the same time yes. is what's going to move the needle. Sure. And so we can't afford any longer just to be focused on one program. Right. You got to have half dozen to a dozen running all at the same time simultaneously, or we're not going to make a difference. Sure. So we got to make a difference over the years. I've heard, you know, people talk about the numbers game and they don't like to play the numbers game. And, right. and so, you know, it's, it's always funny. Cause I'm like, yeah, but when you're a membership organization, it is a numbers game yeah you know it's about how many members do you have and if you don't have members you don't have an organization but in in a membership organization everything and i mean everything is about the numbers and if you think about also our rituals right we have three five and seven steps absolutely we talk about geometry how many masons does it take to conduct our degrees How many Masons does it take to open a lodge? 47th problem of Euclid. They go on and on. Yeah, a lot of numbers in there. A lot of numbers. (laughs) There's a lot of numbers, even in our ritual. Sure, sure. So, you know, how is that like not a numbers game? And, you know, it was funny. A couple weeks back, I was at the 8th District uh, reception, and and afterward we were all in the back uh, balcony and having cigars and enjoying ourselves. And one of the... uh, one of the masters came up and said, most worshipful, he said, when I first heard that you said that a lodge needed to get 10 uh, masons raised in a year to qualify for the grand master's award, the first thing I did was cuss you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we chuckled. we chuckled, we chuckled a little bit on that one. And I said, yeah. And then he, he just paused for a second. He looked at me and said, you know what? And I said, what? He said, we got 15. And I said, well, well, how did you do that? And he said, we just tried. <laughs> there you go. And I said, that's it. Give him you a- know, he said, we, we started to talk to people. We yeah. started talking to people. We got, in- they got interested in what we were talking about. We showed them the lodge and they joined. And he said, and you, you know what else? And I said, what's that? He said, I was thinking the other day, if those 15 guys next year bring in their friends. Yes. We might actually grow. Spider web. You I know, love it. You know, and it's exactly right. And, it's, and I was like, "Now you get it. This is how. This is why you have to focus on membership year after year." And as I said in my rollout program during the summer, was this can't be a we need to get ten guys because that's what the award Wheeland wants yeah, to get for yeah. the year. You know, that's not. It's that's not the award. It's not that we have to focus on ten guys for every lodge every year to turn this thing around. Right and. And it can't be just a one-year thing. If we lose sight of gaining members, then we will all be in trouble in the future. And actually, we won't. We will enjoy this until we're gone.
0: Yeah, it will sure. be our
2: great grandchildren that won't get the opportunity to enjoy yes. this. And I really want this to be around for my great grandchildren. Absolutely. So that that's yes. just a funny story that I mean, when he no. told me he was gonna, he, the first thing he did was cuss me. I just I just laughed and said, "Yeah."
1: Well, I I think you know one of the big things. Palestine, a while ago, has said, you know, if, if you <laughs> you'd think we all have big heads, Like, if we want to say we're a good lodge, we need to be doing the things that make us a good lodge. Being in the public, donating to the community, raising masons, being a good lodge. And part of that is the Grand Masters Award. And if you look, I don't know how many back we had they're geared that way. Like if you look at them, you have to do inter lodge work and you have to raise masons and you have to do education things. And so it's really kind of a small scale. This is what you should kind of be doing. So when the 10, the 10 guys thing came up and I could not be at the rollout, um, Uh, brother Jack Barnhouse and he's going to strangle me for saying this It's like he said he wanted 10 Masons I'm like I don't care (laughs) and he's like yeah I know you don't care I'm like it doesn't matter doesn't matter what it is because we're doing it right now now it's just that's what we're doing if you said you would have had to have three lectures now we have three new lectures to do that's what it is and it's it's not that like you said it's not because of the award Mm -hmm. and it can't be next year can't be no guys because we've been focused on membership but A lot of those lodges, maybe that guy that was going to – or cussed you from the eighth, would they have got 15 guys? Would they have got three? Right. Because there was a bar that was set. So lodges out there that, you know, we don't don't ever get any guys, but we try to get this award. Now, you know, if you bring in three guys, but you haven't brought in any
2: for the last two years, that's a big number. It's a big – you know. On a percentage basis, that's a huge increase. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And, and and that's part of, you know, and I, and I said back in my rollout um, presentations that for me, it's about interjecting um, business and corporate mentality into the organization. Sure, sure. And part of this is, you know, an organization should set goals and objectives. If you don't set goals and objectives, you can't measure against them. And everything that you do, any program that you implement, you cannot tell if it was better or worse if you don't set those goals and if you don't understand the metrics and you don't know if you move the needle and which way you move the needle. And so it's just really, really important to, you know, have goals and objectives every single year that people go after.
1: Sure. So let's caveat into the grandmasters class because that's kind of a big deal with you. You know, a little bit. Yeah. So – obviously from talking earlier you did come through the one-day class and when and this is the key and whether it's a one-day class or traditional Mm -hmm. when you come into that lodge what happens there right and like you said you had a bunch of guys that came up to you and helped you and made you feel welcome and you get guys who are like I don't, you know, maybe it it should be traditional. It should be. And I was traditional and I got to be honest in the beginning when Mm -hmm. I was a junior officer, I was, you know, you go traditional unless it's a mitigating circumstance. That's number one. I like that word. It makes me feel good, but you know, when you look at the nuts and bolts though, and you look, if you look at Palestine's guys, Jack Barnhouse, one day guy, one of the best Masons I know, Mm -hmm. uh, One day. Yeah. So if that one day wasn't there, once again, there's that opportunity of, if that wasn't there, would I ever have known Jack as closely? Right. Because Palestine is a small town of 4,700. Everybody knows everybody, Mm -hmm. but I don't really know Jack. I nod and, you know, whatever. But it's the experience that the lodge gives that gentleman, gives those 10 guys coming in, gives these – upwards of 800 once everything's said and done. That's where you say, okay, how many of these guys come back to this lodge more than once? Mm -hmm. And that's a educational standpoint of what do you give them during the degree or during a stated? Because everybody knows minutes are horrible. Nobody likes minutes. Nobody likes bills. Everybody argues over light bulbs and how much we spend. (laughs) But... It's, it's that, are you giving them something they didn't know, educational, and are you giving them that fellowship aspect right. of, is there a reason why I'm not going to sit at home and rewatch seven of the eight seasons of Game of Thrones? Not the last <laughs> one. If you've seen it, I have a problem with it. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Right. But what's going to drive me to come to Lodge? Right. And those are the things. And if you don't give them that, it doesn't matter whether you came traditional or not because I came traditional and I had my mentor who was on me all the time, but was also on me to you need to come to lodge. Right. Like, yeah, you're learning. That doesn't mean show up when you return. Right. Show up and they'll open and enter an entered apprentice for you. You yeah. know? And I think that's one of the big things that people get enamored into. Only you know, there's one day. Mm,
2: yeah, I, I don't care. That's- well, and, and one of the statements that I've always made is, you know, it's not how the man came through the door into the lodge. It's what the lodge does with him once he's on the inside of that door. Yeah. And and I can tell you, again, data and stats and analysis and everything that I've done in Ohio. We lose 30 percent of the men that come in in the traditional manner. That means th- those men start, and they do the entered apprentice degree, and for whatever reason, they don't ever finish to become a master mason. Sure. And, you know, I have some visibility and some data from other jurisdictions, and, you know, when we first learned that it was as high as 30%, first we knew that we lost some guys. Right. Yeah, some guys just don't come back. But nobody knew that it was a third, that we lost a sure. third of our guys. Sure. And as soon as people knew that – it blew people's minds and so i'm thinking oh that's just that is not good you know if we were if we were a production manager on a uh, you know on a production line yeah and yeah. and we it's were losing a, a third of our product <laughs> i was dropping on the floor you yeah. know we would we wouldn't be production managers anymore you right. know we'd be gone right um and so you know i'm i'm thinking about how bad that is and then when we started to get visibility into some of the other jurisdictions um you know our mind was blown that no we're actually you know not too bad and kind of you know better than mid-pack and some are like lose 60 percent and you know that those are some really big numbers and that starts to make us question what's going on you know what is going on in the lodge room you you talked about part of it you know it's the minutes it's it's all of those things you know one of the things i've advocated over the years is you know there's no reason you know, we all have to have our stated meetings and we have to open. There is no reason why um, minutes could not be published ahead of time. Yeah, we, we you know, post them. We post, never go over them. Post them, review them, any objections, any changes, yes, no, hammer the gavel, close the lodge, and go out and bowl or go out for pizza or go out for beers. Yes. You know, you, you don't have to have the fellowship necessarily in the lodge room. You yeah. can go out and do things. Yes. And and. Those are the kind of things that these next generation, these younger guys that are coming in, that's what they're going to be looking for. You know, we have a huge challenge coming up in the future. You know, we know what our current membership looks like. We know what our past membership looks like. We have to have the vision into what the future looks like. And those next generations, you know, one, we have a big problem because a lot of them aren't joiners. You know, they don't only join, yeah, not join Freemasonry, they, they don't, don't join, join churches, they don't join the yeah. Rotary, they don't join anything. Right. So if you think about our ways and, and the ways that we run our organization and, and some of the secrets we keep and we don't proactively go out and ask and sure. all of these things build up to a inability for us to attract new young men. Right. Right. And so we have to ask ourselves and look within and reflect inside how yes. we do things right. to see if that really makes sense for the future generations. Um, the other night at one of the uh, inspections I was at, I, I talked about the future and having that vision. And, you know, the Grand Lodge, we have a five-year strategic plan, and that's great because that, you really need to do that yeah. um, because it helps drive your goals and objectives for what you're trying to do. Sure. But I believe at the Grand Lodge level, you have to have a much further out vision. You need to be thinking about 10, 20, and 30 hey, years you, out. I'm sorry, just Grand Lodge or local lodge? Grand Lodge. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. I just want to yeah. make sure. All yeah. Right. At the Grand Lodge level, you need to have that vision because the decisions that you're making at the top of the organization will have impacts out decades in advance. Years, years, yeah. We have to understand. We have to be thinking about what processes, procedures, rules, regulations, everything that we're doing sure. right now, does that fit to these guys that are coming in 5, 10, 15 years from now? Right. And and I got to say, in a number of cases, they don't. And we have our traditions, but people have heard me say, I'm an advocate for change. If if we keep what we're doing, we already know where we're going to be in 2044. Right. That's what happens if we don't make any changes. Sure. And- you know, people just don't pour into the fraternity. You know, we're not going to have that World War One, World War Two generation, jump. Sure. big jump, all of a sudden we're 200,000 Masons. Those days are not going to happen. Right. And so we really have to st- think strategically on what do those next generations look like and what changes do we need to make to satisfy their needs and wants moving forward. Sure. And that's, that's a challenge. That's that's a big challenge that we've got to step up to, um, or we'll find out what that's like in ten or twenty years.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so, the one day class. Yeah, we've we've touched on it a couple yep. different times. So we just so everyone knows, we're recording this on March thirty first. On March twenty sixth, this happened. So it is fresh. It is last weekend. From right at this point, it'll be two weeks when you guys hear this. So, uh, but. And at that time, I had listed over 700 because some of these other lodges that couldn't participate or whatever, you know. So we're going to come in around 800 or whatever that number may be, 800 new Masons. That to me is just, I mean, as, you know, membership and marketing, it's like, wow. Wow, 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 wow. let's go. Like, I'm excited.
2: Well, well, you know, that's a a, a nice number to have. But, you know, if we rewind to the first one-day class now again brand new to masonry in ohio this idea of one-day class and they cleaned up a bunch of eas and fellow crafts that needed to finish sure. that first one nine thousand guys came in that well, year and it's funny we
1: were talking about last night uh, most was with brother kevin todd we were standing outside before we went in and we were talking about the one day and you know thought it went really well and He's like, yeah, we had, uh, 199. I'm like, wow, that's a lot from the 24th. He's like, no, 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 He's like, that was Allen Lodge. Yeah, right. I'm like, <laughs> right. what? Yeah, <laughs> like right,
2: right. Holy you know, crap. I mean, but, I was standing in the Rife Center, downtown Columbus, uh, when I came through and there were concerns about the capacity It was overflowing. There was no, there was no room. It was, wow. it was amazing. And, and, you know, um, so, during the uh, grandmaster class from last weekend, um, the grand chaplain, right worship brother, Tim Ward, picked me up in the morning about 730. We drove out to Newark. Yes. And uh, that was one of the sites where we had we had guys there. And um, I, I addressed them before they, they did their entered apprentice. And then uh, we got in the car, and we drove here to Northwest Temple. and Sure. Um, and uh, I addressed uh, the guys as they were coming out of their fellow craft. We, we left here, and then we went down, and we, we visited – the uh, Masonic Youth Group for meeting at the Shrine down okay. in Grove City, so we left here, shoot down to the Shrine, all right. um, see them for a few minutes, then we get in the car and then we drive to Dayton, and so we're at, we're at the Dayton Masonic Center. Sure, and I think they had 139 candidates there. Wow, and you know, with all the mentors and all the casts and everybody else yeah. that was there, um, it was wonderful to see that many men in that auditorium sure and and it made me look back and remember when i when i came in because if if you haven't participated in one when you're when you hear 130 some guys repeating some the obligation or yes, at oh one time God. you know yes. you powerful. hear it it's powerful and yes. you're looking around and all oh, you can do is smile yeah. you know and you know is it the same as the traditional no no but listen to a hundred and thirty plus guys yeah. all say the obligation at the same time. Yeah.
1: It was it was one of those things. It was cool because that earlier that week I'd called you and we were talking about pictures. And at this point yeah. I didn't realize that you were doing the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even know about the youth group. You know, yeah. we just talked about the three. But we talked about getting pictures. And I try now they it's like herding cats. But now they just, at this point, Wright Warsh was like, now we're getting a picture for worshipable brother Jim Hall. And at this point, uh, Junior Guarantee Deacon Ward Weber's there. And I'm thinking, oh, geez. He's thinking, like, what does this dictator do that wears a DEO apron <laughs> that they, they direct to him? But I said, you know, if you could get a picture with these guys, you know, because it's, you hear so many times and i hate this phrase freemasonry is dying it's yeah. fading away. It's, uh, you know the numbers are shrinking i don't think that the essence of it is right but you know people need to people when you when people say stuff so much people believe it mm-hmm. and it's like look there are still a lot of masons a lot see a lot. i mean it's 69 thousand and 125
2: thousand no but that's a lot of people it's a lot of people i tell you what when i'm Traveling around in other jurisdictions, um, and those jurisdictions have, you know, 2,000, they have 4,000. You know, their entire state jurisdictions are smaller than one of our districts. Sure. And, you know, um, I had a deputy grandmaster uh, at the Conference of Grandmasters of D.C., he says, uh, how many men do you have in Ohio? And I said 69,000 and it just kind of blew his mind you know it was just like that's a lot of people sure you know it's a lot you know 400 and now we're at 438 438 lodges i mean it's a lot of lodges it's a lot of people yeah you know um so it's still a lot of it's a big number
1: yeah and and the thing that i i absolutely loved is you know you said i'm on board with this and i i mentioned hey I know it's going to be busy. At least get one the last place you're at. You're like, I'm pretty sure I can get everybody to yeah. get a picture with me, <laughs> yeah. and which was awesome. And then you said, like, I'm going to tell the Grand Line guys. The exciting part about this is we left Lisbon, and I went home. And after taking all my pictures and all the stuff, and I finally got on social media, and it was the first time I would felt if we ever had a shot at trending. Mm-hmm. This was it, yeah. Because it was, and it wasn't just Tim Whelan sharing pictures or Ward Weber. It was Tim, and it was myself, and it was Lisbon Lodge and Allen Lodge it and was, Alpha Lodge. It and was the, incredible. The twenty-second yeah.
2: district and the districts, the lodges, the just, individual members, the new candidates,
1: new candidates, and that was the one that was really that we had a few things with the Grand Lodge socials, and there were guys on there. It's like I just got raised in so and so. Thank you. It was, that was really cool to see that going on.
2: Yeah. My Facebook feed blew up and it yeah. was just picture after picture of every one of those things and different people's perspectives and, yeah. th- you know, selfies and all of these things that what they did that day. And yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty moving when I saw all that. And I said, that that's a good day, yes. you know, and, and, you know, we talked about using some of those, prom- those pictures for promotion and everything else. And I'm like, I don't know from a social media aspect. I don't know that if you could have planned a campaign that would have been better than what like we that just, it was just organic, it, and organic. And it, it just, just happened. Yeah. It was fantastic. So it, it really,
1: really took off. And I, I know it was just a really inspiring moment. And, and my wife will be sitting there and she's like, what are you grinning about? Cause she thinks I'm reading some funny meme. And I, I tell her and she's like, okay, (laughs) you wouldn't get it. Like what's happening? It isn't, but you know, we talked, you know, we talked about long range planning a little bit too. And this is the quote I was looking for the, if you can't raise $50,000 with an impromptu car wash, I guess it's not in the cards from dodgeball. You know, there's so many lodges that, and they have money. They don't have members mm-hmm. or they have the whole deal and lose their building. Right. Or, you know, there's a multitude of different things. Yep. And this is where that long range is like, guys, it's not appointing a steward. It's not paying this bill. It's where, what are we doing for brother waggle, who is the master? What's his year, but how does that feed into, the whole wheel because that's just a spoke right. in one of the gears of the entire wheel of Palestine in the entire motor of exactly Ohio. Masonry. That's right. And I, I, I don't know the answer to this, but how many lodges and I, and that's why I asked whether yeah. you went grand lodge or local, how many lodges look at that? And I think that there's not a,
2: I would not many. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm a numbers guy. I don't like to usually go by gut. This, I can only go by gut on this. Not many. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, more lodges need to do it. More lodges need to think about it. Sure. Um, it it has the capability to help you set those goals and objectives and to lay out where you want to get to. It lays that path for you to follow. And sure. Um, it, It's just critically important that lodges do it. And, you know, every lodge, you know, kind of runs itself and they're going to they're yeah. going to set their own destiny. Right. And, you know. If they, if they follow a plan, if they put a plan in place, if they think about where they want to get to, they can achieve great things. If they just go with the flow and it's the next meeting and we're going to open and close and leave and wait till the next meeting, then you're going to get what you got. Yeah. And, and you know, the more lodges that can engage in, in planning and structuring what they need to get done, uh, the better off. Uh, they'll be in the better off Ohio Freemason will be because we'll have a stronger foundation across our lodges.
1: Yes. Yes. We, we had just, and maybe I'm, I don't want to speak for, I'm just speaking for East Palestine. We set up a long range committee with myself and worship Brother bear. And that's kind of our look like, where are we going? Where's our money? Where's our building at? You know, what are we doing in the community? who are we sponsoring where are we putting that money mm-hmm. you know and and part of that is we looked at we started sponsoring well, we've been sponsoring like baseball teams you know mm-hmm. all the normal soccer this year we brought up and sponsored protein for the football team mm-hmm. and we had a few guys like well you know we have other things there and i'm like listen what we'll do is we'll have worship brother waggle and their director of sports, and the coach, and the protein. I'm like, that's the picture. That's the marketing piece. Mm-hmm. And one guy stepped up. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, Jim's sponsoring these because there's a a wealth of youth right there, youth men that would come in. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> now you see the right. big picture. Right. And we are sponsoring, but that sponsoring is marketing. Right. Like we're marketing ourselves. And I, I don't want to say. You throw money to people because you want to get members. No, I, I want East Palestine sports and academics and East Palestine as a whole to thrive because it's where right. I live and my kids will go to school there. But I'm also doing this in the lodge aspect of, you know, we we can serve purposes. Right. So that that's one of those things that if you look at a little long term planning, hey, we can move our money to this aspect and Start returning our own dividends, too. Right. And, you know, that's just another thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, that's probably one of the issues that I have with the way we, we, you know, have done Freemasonry in the past. And, you know, in the past, we were we're kind of in the background, in the shadows. We make good things happen, and we're quiet about them. Sure. And we just are—we're just pleased that we're able to make them happen. But if you do that moving forward— Nobody knows what you're doing. And if nobody knows what you're doing, you're not getting the recognition. And if you don't get the recognition, yeah. it goes back to nobody knows what you're doing and what you're about. Yeah. And that is not a successful, um, strategy to, uh, introduce yourself to new members and to right. actually even into your community. Cause a lot of times, even though you're helping the community, they don't even know that you're, no. you're helping them nope. because we don't raise our hands and say, Hey, look what we did. Yeah. Yeah. But we have, to be, we have to rethink some of that. Um, people need to know that we're here, that we are actively engaged in the community, and that we're actually helping. And that, that will um, pay dividends both by recognition in the community and thanks from the community. Sure. Um, but then that may also uh, start to uh, inspire questions about, well, how do I help? How yeah. can I become? Sure, and yeah. and
1: I think on you know on top of that, from that not ta- not taking responsibility, but letting people know, you get a lot of hearsay of you know, Illuminati and all that other yeah. garbage that goes along with that. It's hard to scoff at somebody that's saying, "Hey, we're giving X amount of scholarships for the school." And we donate to social needs and we buy kindle fires for what you know, special right. what how can you say well, they're trying to take over the world? <laughs> like let's be serious right, here, right, you know. Right, right. And and that's that's some of that it yeah, yes, we we are a society with secrets. Right. But it dissuades from a lot of that internet crap that yeah. goes on there. That's and right. that's the even now, like I last night I had a gentleman, he's like, How do you do it? How do you travel as much as you do? And I want to be like, you don't realize the people that are traveling so much more than me and they're not letting people know.
2: Yeah. Like, right.
1: that, you know, people don't know that they're doing that. And I'm, I'm going to say one of the guys that and he since his wife has had a stroke, right? war's brother, John Martin, was like every installation, every inspection. He just was a pillar of our district right. and would help anyone. And unless I made him get a picture, he was not. Yeah. He wasn't taking a picture. And that's to each his own, but unless you're in that circle, you don't know right. the kind of effect that he's having. Mm-hmm. Or or so many other people The Ron wikes and Ron takes pictures, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yep. Yep. So you gotta be loud about it. Be loud about masonry. Right. It's exciting. That's right. The last thing that I have is about Freemasonry bringing people together. hmm And, you know, you spoke about how moments in time, if you go five minutes one way, five minutes the other way. Right now, you and I are sitting here having this conversation. Almost nine years ago, when I joined Freemasonry, we would have never crossed paths. Right. If it did, it would be a pure chance. Right. And that happened because one day at work on a Thursday, I got a call from my boss that asked me to come in on a Friday. And I didn't want to do it because it's my day off. And at that time, moving furniture isn't, I enjoy my day off because furniture's heavy. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's good money. I'll come in. And that next day, I rode with a mason. And that was my first access to somebody that was a mason because I didn't know how to become a mason. Right. Boom. Here we are. Right. So that's that's the thing that when I talk to people, because people ask me, you know, you say you make good men better and you the population, all the people that you meet. What do you what do you mean? Like right now, I'm in Columbus with you, who a decade ago would have known zero about. Yesterday I was with a gentleman in Salem, and the day before that I was on a zoom with people in Dayton, Worthington, Boston. Right. And then had the chair of the education committee of Wisconsin texting me all because of this. Mm -hmm. Not because Jim Hall takes pictures on Facebook, because of Freemasonry. Right. And that's the beauty of it that when you put into it, what you can really get out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of those things that, Guys in that one-day class that I got to talk to a little bit before, during, and after, I really tried to touch on that. What you do with Freemasonry, you know, you could go back to your lodge and never come back. Right. And then what? Nothing. You, you had a weekend. You right. had a day. Or it could change the entire trajectory of your life. And that's the exciting thing. That's right about Freemasonry.
2: Yeah, I, I I completely agree. And you know, when when people ask me about you know what do I think about Freemasonry, about people that are asking about Freemasonry, um, for me it's do not wait. Yeah, you know, join now. Sure. Uh, I've heard so many times, and I say it as well that you know once people join and become engaged, uh, they say they wish they had done it at a much earlier point in their life yeah absolutely and you know i look back and i don't know how old was I? I must have been in my 30s or whatever when i joined and you know i look back and say boy i sure wish it would have been a lot <laughs> earlier you know yeah. you know could have had a lot more fun met a lot more people yeah and, uh, sure so you know if you're thinking about it if you're listening and you're not a mason right now do it do it yes you know, as my uh a masonic uh, uh father his theme for grant for as his grandmaster was the time is now this is yeah this is it you know don't wait the time is now join yeah um, there's a lot of guys that are uh out here that uh want to become your brothers and want to get to know you so yeah come join us i love it i
1: love it most wonderful! Thank you for coming on. It's been an awesome. Two hours and almost thirty minutes. We'll see how much gets edited. Yeah. You know, well, you guys get to hear. Yeah. oh, well, it's two seventeen. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. But I want to thank you. It's been a complete honor. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule.
2: Hey, no problem at all. I certainly enjoyed it. You know, I. Uh, it is about, uh, you know, getting the word out. However, we sure. can. This is a, a unique opportunity for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever really sat down and been interviewed by anybody and obviously using uh, some of the latest technology to get the word out across uh i would say across ohio across the united states sure um this is, this is a fantastic experience and i appreciate it
1: awesome well thank you i want to thank everybody for listening again and we will see you later thanks